Welcome to Judgment. It's Bond season. Be fair warned, we do talk about this movie in depth, so spoilers ahead. Now let's have some fun. Enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Judgment, the ultimate movie-raking podcast. I'm Andrew. I'm Blaine. And, and me, Corey. Okay. <laughs> you know me, everybody. It's me. <laughs> it's me. It's me. That's well, all right. You have uh, 26 more times to improve that. And then no, we'll... I'm going to change it every time and make it better mm-hmm. and worse. Better Wait. and worse. <laughs> okay. I like that. Mysterious. Mm-hmm. Keep well, us guessing. Yeah. At the end, we'll decide what worked. Yeah, so welcome back. <laughs> yeah, welcome back, everybody. <laughs> well, this is episode one of season two. Yes. Very cool. We are now in Bond season, everybody. We are in Very it. Very excited. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now we got to decide what's going to be the best Bond movie, but tonight, we're going to start off in our random order... We are starting with Moonraker. Okay? Moonraker. Moonraker. In... It's a little preview. Beautiful. We'll talk I thought about... that was surely basic. Well, that might have been better. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about it. <laughs> okay, so let's do just a quick little overview. Uh, I have it nailed down for you. Uh, so in Moonraker, James Bond investigates a midair theft of a space shuttle and discovers a plot to commit global genocide. I think that sums it up pretty well, don't you? That is yeah, the yeah. movie. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's the movie. That's well it right done. There. Where did you My, pull that from? That's IMDb. Well done, IMDb. Mm-hmm. Whoever wrote it, great you job. You know what? I enjoy that more than the movie. Yeah, I think <laughs> it, it, I love leaves, it. it leaves out <laughs> a lot of silliness, and maybe for a good reason. And it, it cuts off some steps. I, would I say. can't. I can't wait to talk about this fucking, yeah. fucking piece. Uh, no. okay. Continue. Yeah. So, so with Moonraker, now that we've kind of gone over that uh, overview of the plot, we're yeah. gonna jump in in a second and literally go through this entire movie. But before we do that, let's go ahead and just get all of our initial reactions to this movie, and we're gonna do that by some thumbs. Okay. Thumbs. So first. I'm going to jump to you, Blaine. Okay. First reaction, initial reaction to this movie, and your thumbs. This might be one of the worst movies I've ever seen. <laughs> I'm going to give it two thumbs down. <laughs> Wowzer. Okay. Okay. Well, that sums up your feelings. We'll explain. Okay. <laughs> Corey, May- what about you? Uh, yeah. Right, well, do you want to reassess? Do two I- thumbs might be harsh. Oh, okay. Based on what the scores I ultimately give it. So... <laughs> I came out of the gates a little hot. I'll give it one thumb down. Okay. 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 All right. One thumb down. All right. Well, Corey, what about yourself? Uh, it's tough because I know it's not the best Bond movie, but it was not nearly as bad as I thought it would be. I'm going to give it one thumbs up. Oh, okay. For sure, like because I was entertained, and I and that's all I'll say for now. Corey, it is wild that you say that because. I will say this, uh, Moonraker is one of those Roger Moore movies that I watched one time, and that was probably when I was much younger, never came back to it for one simple reason. I was 
pissed the entire movie that this wasn't all in space. I felt cheated. So the entire movie I was watching it going, when the fuck are they going to space? I didn't take care to note anything. I was just really pissed about that. So I walked away from this movie like I never have to watch that again. But I will say this. Knowing that now, and knowing they don't go to space till what, maybe 15 minutes left in the movie? The final act, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, really deep in the final act. I gotta say, I enjoyed the shit out of this movie. Golly. (laughs) Not because, and let me just clarify, not because it's a great movie or even a great Bond movie, but it is entertaining. There is some, I wasn't bored at this movie. So, like you, Corey, I'm giving it a thumbs up. There was like a, a mode I switched to in the opening because when they start and before we get to, there's a certain sound that they play in the opening. I was like, this is going to be a silly movie. I need to adjust my expectations. And as soon as <laughs> yeah. I did that, I, I kind of kind of came on board. Oh, the, yeah. Uh, this era of Bond, we're knee deep in silliness. And this movie... Uh, we'll get there. I, I don't want to give too much away. I get it. I get y'all sentiment, but we're we're judging this against every other Bond yeah. movie. So now I, that... I can't judge it on a silliness scale. It has to be the same <laughs> scale as all the other yeah, movies. I I agree, but that's why we have the scoring system at the end. We do. Yeah, this is fair. just our initial reactions. Well, let's get into yeah. it then. I'm yeah, excited. Yeah. So for me, entertained. I was entertained. Now, that being said, I'm going to talk some big shit about this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I think it deserves it. <laughs> I hope so. so. Yeah. I hope so. So, when we're talking about Moonraker, this is Roger Moore's fourth time playing Bond. It is the 11th official Bond movie, and it was released in 1979. Okay? So, those are just the facts going into it. Now, and guys, I, you know, just to start off, and I'm only guessing here, but I think this movie... Might have been sponsored by 7-Up, Marlboro Cigarettes, and Seiko Watches. Call me crazy. <laughs> Call me a nutcase. A lot of, lot of product placement here. Oh, just say the fucking least. I feel like they might have bankrolled some of this movie. But let's jump into it, okay? The beginning of this movie, we obviously get the gun barrel scene with Roger Moore shooting. Gotta love old Raj. And then we begin with a British aircraft carrying a space shuttle. And what we find out is this is on loan from the United States and being transported by the British Royal Air Force. Uh, but in great James Bond fashion, two goons steal the shuttle and kill, well, I guess they just kind of blow up from the space shuttle, uh, the Royal Air Force members. At that point, M gets notified over at MI6 headquarters and... We have a funny little twist from Money Penny, who says when he says to go get James, he's on his last leg of his trip, and of course, we then cut to James with his hand up this lady uh, flight attendant skirt, and we get our first glimpse at old Raj in this movie. Now, uh, I gotta say, just starting off, Raj is outfits in this movie. I really enjoy, and the sad part is I realized that. Uh, Roger Moore has probably uh, helped me learn how to dress, <laughs> and I think I've wore just about every outfit he has, because this uh, jacket with a uh, turtleneck, I have actually worn before, <laughs> so it's a look that I stole probably from this movie. 
but so far, that's just what we got. Interesting. Yeah. It's a interesting strong look. little <laughs> interesting nugget. Oh, excuse me. I don't mean to say I had a blue velour jacket with a white turtleneck. <laughs> no, but I don't I, believe that you did. I well, you might have. Yeah. Here, here's what I'm going to say. I wouldn't be opposed to it. So, who would? I, yeah, I think it looks great. Uh, so, we have more, uh, excuse me, Bond up here filling this lady up. And in typical fashion of the beginning of a James Bond movie, she pulls a gun on him. And we soon realize that uh, these are some nefarious characters we're dealing with. Uh, the pilot comes out, parachute ready, shoots the uh, gauges. And then he and Bond get into a fight in the middle of this airplane. But Bond manages to throw him out of the plane, but he has on a parachute. And he starts to free fall. And we think maybe Bond will be okay, but oh no. There's fucking Jaws, who's coming back for his second Bond movie in this, and throws James out. Now, what did you guys think about the first uh, opening of this movie? Any notes? Any comments? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I do have some comments. <laughs> Please go. So, as you said, we see Jaws. Mm-hmm. And again, I have not, I've not seen the one where Jaws makes his debut. Okay. So, for me, I knew the, of this character. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, he throws James out of the, the airplane, and they have a skydive fight. <laughs> yeah. What you failed to bring up mm-hmm. is how this fight ends. Yep. And that is with Jaws mm-hmm. landing on a circus tent. Uh, yeah. At free fall speed. Yes. No parachute. Absolutely no parachute. And ladies and gentlemen, that's not the last time we see him in this movie. <laughs> no. No. He did not die from this. He did. He not survived. Die. He was totally okay. In fact, yeah. totally falls, fine. He is immune to any falling damage. Yeah. As we see many times. As a matter of fact, immune to all damage. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. He's what we would call OP in. Uh, Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it, I, don't, I was I laughed out loud when he landed on a circus tent. As you should. That uh, is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> well, it shifts but, from like that kind of tense music into literal circus. Oh my god! I'm like, oh, you wow. get the full. Yeah, this is how guys, we're doing James wanna, Bond. Yeah, and guys, I don't want to shock you, but this is not the first time or the last time you're gonna see a fucking circus in the James Bond series. <laughs> A circus plays a big part in a movie coming up, so... I guess tents are cheap, you know. They gotta be. Easy to throw up a tent, but yeah. They gotta be. So stupid. Yeah. You can't start a 007 movie with what? fucking clown what? music, I, I think, will dude. say this. I will say this. Uh, for 1979, the skydiving tricks were not bad. That was good. I that will was, say yeah. that. Yeah. I, yeah. I appreciated the stunt work there. Yeah, but then you ruin it by throwing <laughs> Jaws into a circus tent. And I'm not sure how often it had been done before, like that kind of scene. But it's been like it's been lampooned and referenced several times. Oh, I'd yes, even say yes. in the movie Get Smart, the obviously the movie, not the show. That that they have a whole scene where they fly an airport an airplane, and that's essentially kind of lampooning what we see here, down oh, wow. to a huge character falling without a parachute onto a barn. And then getting up and walking away. I gotta be honest, I don't remember that movie at all, but oh. it sounds interesting. What I, I do like, remember is uh, Wesley Snipes fighting Gary Busey in Drop Zone. Absolutely. The classic movie. <laughs> Everybody saw Drop Zone. I, I fucking love Drop Zone, actually. 
Never has there been a movie about skydiving that I probably liked more than Drop Zone. No. Definitely the only movie, the only skydiving movie with a black guy. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, we're really breaking barriers. That's and, true. And a person with a brain injury. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. That's a very it. inclusive movie. It is. It well. really is. All right. Oh. So, yeah. So, we got, uh, we got Bond skydiving. I just want to say that Jaws actually appeared in the movie before this, which was uh, The Spy Who Loved Me. And that's where Jaws made his debut and was a fan favorite, apparently. And uh, they wanted him to be back for this one. You could tell they gave him the uh, fan favorite treatment in oh, this movie. Absolutely. And I, guys, we got it. I, I know we're going to get to it, story, but it's just everything. I think absolutely that's where insane. Kinda, yeah, there was apparently the fans wanted him to come back as a good guy. That was not something I think the writers yes. even thought about. So they just decided to listen to what the fans said and made him a, like we're getting yeah. into, we're getting to the end of the movie, but yeah. 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 I mean, uh, Jaws comes back in a big way and has some interesting turns in this movie, but so like Blaine was saying, uh, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. So I was just moving it into the next. So mm-hmm. Jaws, Falls 30,000 feet into a circus tent. Yes, sir. And then we fade into the opening scene. Yeah, then we... Opening credits. Oh, not even. It's Jaws falls through the tent. They simulate that Jaws is falling into a net, and that's the opening sequence. Yes. Yeah, which is... uh, I gotta say, guys, uh, this song and opening sequence is... uh, Absolutely terrible. It's, it's not, so it's not bad. so good. It's not so good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I really disliked this <laughs> the whole situation. The song is so boring yeah. and bad. And it's the, not good. It makes no sense. And then mm-hmm. the ladies, the silhouettes, are obviously just like jumping on trampolines. Yeah. Um. Which, I love a Bond title sequence where. <laughs> Why? What does it have to do with the rest of the? I don't. Usually they can't. Oh, tie nothing. It, but they yes. just tied it into that one scene of him falling into the a circus. circus and that's net. it. Yeah. And that's it. This is not a circus movie. Uh, <laughs> no. It only had one part in this. I would have thought trampolines played a huge role in the movie. One would have thought. I was. I was. You were wrong on that. I think. Uh, and okay, so Shirley. Uh, Bassie sings the song Moonraker, mm-hmm. the title song. This is her third time singing a James Bond song, and by far the worst one she's ever done. Uh, her other two were Goldfinger and Diamonds Are Forever, but this was just uh, unmemorable. Coming from maybe the most memorable Bond theme song, Goldfinger, you, I don't know. I yeah. was kind of, I was very disappointed. Yeah, it absolutely was terrible. I got nothing good to say about that whole sequence. No. So. <laughs> Thumbs I waited. Down. I yeah. waited till the end of the movie. I was like, I'm going to go back and listen to it. Maybe, maybe it grew on me. And of course, it played in the end credits. I was like, Oh, I don't need to. This still sucks. No, I don't, no. It's very. It's exactly what Blaine said. It's very boring. Yeah, very boring. And to be honest, I might have liked it more with that disco beat that they added for the end. That no, was, the end. The end version was then, better. Yeah, it was a better. What great Moonraker. That <laughs> <laughs> was so. It, not a good start, we'll no, say, no, to no, this no. film. Not a good start. So so after we do all that, we now get James uh, coming into MI6 headquarters where uh, we see Money Penny for the first time. Oh, second time in this movie. Uh, and, of course, James has to flirt with her, as James always does. And then we get into M's office, and we start to find out what this movie's about. So 
In this scene, we get to see our good friend Q from Q Branch. Desmond Llewellyn plays Q. At that point, we learn about the Moonraker uh, shuttle that was stolen. And if you notice on the screen that uh, Q pulls up, it's most secret. Right hey. above top secret, most secret. <laughs> most secret. I wrote love that because I just loved it. I was like, that's yeah. very British. That's the yes. most British thing we've seen yet. Yeah, so far, most secret. And I got to tell you, uh, this might just be me, but Raj, looking great. That suit is tailored. He's looking sharp. He does look he, good. He looks great in this. Uh, but yeah, so we go through the normal. Uh, what's the inciting incident? How's Bond going to get involved? And then a must for every James Bond movie. What's Q going to give him? And in this scene, Q gives a Bond probably, I'd say, one of the more dangerous weapons a human being should have. It's a watch that shoots darts, lethal and poisonous, uh, just by the flick of the wrist. Not, uh, you know, not great. You flip that wrist one time, you might kill a kid. You never know. They made it sound like it was controlled by his nerves or something like that, didn't they? Yeah. Didn't they say something like, it's like how I think it was a real nice way of saying, uh, when you lift your wrist, this thing's going to shoot out of your heart. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I did not like this one. Oh, okay. It, okay. <laughs> I know most of them are like sleek and kind of discreet. <laughs> not this one. Hidden within the watch face. This it was, was bulky. It looked, yeah. yeah. It was bulky. Had like a pistol on the, mm-hmm. the inside of the, the wristwatch. Yeah. Uh, it plays a real big part in this movie. This, yes. this one gadget. And it just shoots darts. Yeah. In the zeitgeist of Bond gadgets. It's yeah. left more to be desired. But yeah. Effective. I, I don't we'll disagree. <laughs> yeah. It left some. Uh... So it was two darts, right? It was an armor piercing dart and one that <laughs> will knock them out or poison them. No, it's no. cyanide tipped. So yeah. Cyanide tipped. Okay. Cyanide tip bond. Yes. <laughs> Kill a man in 30 seconds. Um, then a real strange thing happens where Bond shoots a dart out and it hits uh, M's painting and M thanks him for it? He gets I thanked. He gets thanked yeah. for it. Yeah. It's real weird. Oh, thank you, W. Thank you so it, much. <laughs> very strange. And then, of course, uh, Bond gives his little uh, nod to Q, makes fun of his gadget, and Q gives him the, oh, 007. And then we jump straight to Bond, going to investigate uh, the Drax Industries in California. Who is the maker of the Moonraker space shuttles. Correct. Drax Industries, the maker of the Moonraker space shuttle. Which is why they they go out to his property. Mm -hmm. Yes. Which is a real bold move. I'm going to have everything just right here. That had to be some expensive land out in California. Mm. Yes. Uh, All the so stones yes. from France. Jesus Christ. Like that that is, part. That Come feels on. unnecessary. I, I don't know what the French stones have that's better than any other stone in the world, but okay. Great. Interesting flex you got there. Uh, but at that point, once Bond arrives in California, as he was investigating, we meet Corrine, who's uh, our first Bond girl in this movie, mm-hmm. I would say. Uh. Yeah, we'll touch on Kareen, but uh, she's also a helicopter pilot. And again, what we'll start to see in these Bond movies is uh, there's a lot of female pilots in them. <laughs> Don't know if that's a Fleming choice or what the case may be, but a lot of female pilots in the Bond universe. So Kareen takes Bond out to show him the grounds. 
Uh, she shows him uh, from the helicopter where the uh, shuttles are built, which uh, I am damn near certain that is just a section of an Imperial starfighter uh, that they just took, stole from Star Wars. But that just could be me. Uh, then we see, of course, like you said, we see Drax's actual home where a bunch of people are exercising. And then we get out of the helicopter and come meet our villain of the film, Hugo Drax. Hugo Drax. Now, this is what just me, guy. but I, I believe this is Peter Dinklage's father. <laughs> mm. <laughs> he gave the vibe. He mm. gave the vibe. Mm. That's a, that is a, a really low blow to Dinklage. To Dinklage. <laughs> yeah. To, to put those two in the same breath. Oh. This a guy. guy who, he vibes like he's from North Korea, like a North Korean. Dictator. I was going to say, he has his best Kim Jong il outfit. Right. <laughs> he really yeah. does. <sighs> yeah. I don't know about I don't know about Hugo Drax, I got to say. I don't know. Uh, about Hugo him. Drax is an interesting guy. Uh, my villain score will reflect how I feel about Hugo Drax. <laughs> <Yeah>. but, um, <laughs> in this scene, I don't know if you guys noticed this, when they're talking, uh, so Hugo's got two dogs with him. Throughout most of the movie. Okay. Why is that his house? Yeah. At first, I thought you were talking about the ladies he had with him, but I, I, no, no, I no, remembered no. the dogs, yes. Uh, he throws them some meat mm. and tells them to eat it. And then, for whatever reason, they put the dogs clearly on fast forward yeah. while they chewed up the trees. I don't know oh. why. But no, I mean, there's no real reason for it. <laughs> but this movie loves a it fast forward fast forward. it really does they do it quite a few times i guess just to well we really gotta speed this along this movie's already two hours <laughs> we can't we can't slow down for anything um so stupid <laughs> but yeah he uh throws the meat down uh we meet him of course he's playing the fucking piano just like the asshole he is of course he knows how to play piano we meet his two uh Beautiful women that are, unfortunately, have to be in his company. Um, mm. Yeah. Now, I guess that does add a good question, because he always seems to be introducing Bond to a new set of girls. Now, is he, is he <laughs> sleeping with these girls? I, he puts off real asexual vibes Super asexual, uh, yeah. Uh, he might just, like... Well, given his plan, I don't know. He might be very asexual. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's very I don't true. know what his gig is, but it's uh, he, he, off. He, he, he definitely <laughs> ain't fucking these girls, if that's what you're, cool. you're asking. Because I would have felt really bad for these girls, to be honest. But like I always say, for every, uh, for every uh, Hugo Drax, there is a Melania Trump, I guess. But you well, never know. <laughs> you never know. Hugo. Oh, yeah, and so then we get introduced to our first henchman, or second henchman, in the movie, and uh, that's Chang. Was that his name? It's his name. Golly, yeah, I, could have guessed based, yeah. I could have guessed based on how they dressed him and his overall... Goddamn. The, the demeanor they chose to, for him Did to he choose him? to wear this kimono <laughs> all the time, or was this I don't know. Drax's decision? Because it really felt like... It felt racist. It did. Oh, we'll talk. I mean, I mean, at the very least, it's racist. Yeah, at the he's, very least, he's pointedly a bad guy. I mean, just he, everything he's doing everything. is villainous. I will say but, though, later, later on, uh, Drax refers to him as Cha, 
He doesn't even bother with the full chain. He shortens it. He says, we need to find someone to replace Cha. And I, and Cha. I, I was like, <laughs> why did he not finish? Is that really yeah. a shortened version of Chang? Well, I mean, look at him kind of guy Drax says He might not have taken the time to learn his name. Um, <laughs> what is your name? Uh, Chang? Cha? 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 Chang? Cho? Cha? 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 Speaking hmm. of that, what fucking accent has this guy got? Hmm. We know about I just did he talk? Cause I just heard him. No, scream. not Chang. I'm sorry, Drax. Oh, what kind oh. of accent is that? <laughs> I was like, I, heard... I don't believe Chang speaks the whole time. He, he just screams. <laughs> he just screams. That's it. It's not British. He's not from the UK. He, no, he's, he's French. Okay, but he f- puts off a very um wherever the dude the Highlander guy is from. Uh, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> That he's vague ass. That, it's a very vague Scottish Scottish <laughs> accent. No, the actor. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> very oh okay. I was like Sean Connery. I think I can nail that accent down. <laughs> no, uh, but he was Italian in Highlander. No, that's right. Spanish. Oh uh, God, I forgot about that. Okay, no. Whoever, whoever. Are we doing a Highlander one next? We <laughs> should do that. The guy who plays Raiden, Raiden in Mortal yeah. Kombat. And yeah, yeah. his fucking movie. accent doesn't matter. Hugo Christopher French. Lambert. Yeah. That's something. It. That is it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, he's supposed to be French. Was what I gathered. Hope, well, Why I mean, else that's... put the importance on the French chateau and the stones? Um, and Hugo, that's a French name. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah. See, I thought he was German. You know, given his fucking overall plan, I was like, oh, well, that makes more sense. But the but, sex element makes it very French. Oh, it does. Well. It does. You know, I also heard that he bought the Eiffel Tower, but just couldn't get it shipped. Also very French. Oh, so French. He's French. Yeah, very French. Like, what a dick. I'll buy it, but <laughs> you're putting it in my fucking yard. <laughs> I don't like this guy. I don't like. That. I don't trust him. No, he's an evil supervillain. But then. He's also French. Yeah, he's also French. I gotta say, uh, the inciting incident in this movie, as it as this movie unfolds, makes less and less sense to me. And the reason I say that is, I am. I yeah. know what you're gonna say, and I'm completely on board. Yeah, yeah, we'll get there eventually. But I do want to talk about Chang, his kimono uh, that he is forced to wear this entire movie, and. The fact that not only is he a henchman, but he has to deliver this asshole's tea as well. That's just mm. not nice. No. 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 He's also a terrible henchman, and we'll talk oh. about that later. He's not. Well, also, you would think that maybe within meeting Bond, he would wait just a little bit before doing something so villainous. But literally seconds after oh, the discussion, he's like, make sure pain comes or something like that. Make sure he gets hurt. Yeah, Drax. Even, yeah. Drax is after Bond immediately. immediately. Doesn't like the guy. Doesn't like him. Tries to kill him. <laughs> tries to kill him twice within the first couple scenes. Yeah, he wants him gone immediately. Like, and there's no reason he should want to kill James Bond. Uh, and there's no reason that James Bond would really need to be investigating this guy. Because I hate to be the spoiler here. This guy makes the fucking shuttles. <laughs> Why would he need to steal one? Well, he Which again, it later. They explain it. <laughs> oh, they do? Yes. Oh, I yes. certainly missed all of that. Like, don't a... care. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Oh, we should, I guess we should bring it up now. Well, might as well, because I want to know. At the end of the movie, he's explaining why he did things. He said, we had a malfunction 
in the development of the the newer one, the replacement. Oh. And he didn't have enough time to build a whole nother one. But, bro, this is your plan. You can postpone it. <laughs> yeah. It didn't have to happen this week. You f- basically <laughs> thwarted your own plan by yeah. stealing this other rocket. You could have just yeah. you extended brought- out five more months and built one and did this all. You brought such undue attention to yourself by this. Well, he had to do it somehow. What a fucking what a fucking loser. The French. I just loved it. He literally was just like, because I needed it. <laughs> That's it. That was his that was basically. It's very here's, silly. Here's what's so sad. I just didn't even care enough to listen to that. <laughs> I didn't even I got the I got what the main plan was and I was like, okay, well we can continue on the movie. <laughs> yeah. Well. But anyway, so yes, so uh at this point, Drax tells Bond to go talk to Dr. Goodhead. Which <laughs> by itself Goodhead. Is, yeah, which by itself is alarming. But then when we meet Dr. Goodhead, uh, the first thing is Dr. Goodhead is Dr. Holly Goodhead. And James's first reaction to all this is a woman. You're a woman. Oh. oh, you're a woman. Oh, the doctor woman. was a woman. <laughs> yeah, the doctor was a woman, everybody. God damn. So, yeah, so doctors can't be women. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Show me your boss. <laughs> Is your father here? <laughs> so we meet Dr. Goodhead, who, and I gotta say, uh, as far as Bond girls go, this woman had one volume, one tone, oh. and it did not change this entire she movie. She committed. Oh boy. When I say dull. That's Holly Goodhead. <laughs> she gives some real dull good head. <laughs> <laughs> but no, this name is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> this is it's which, it's wild. Mm-hmm. Which makes me wonder like when did they start referring to it as head? You know, it, you're you're right. I would love to know I that. I always think these things. Uh, no, no, and uh, there's another Bond girl who I have the same thoughts about. Uh, not in this movie, but another one where I think, when did that become slang for a vagina? Um, but we'll get there when we uh, get to that movie. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, but uh, yeah. are we not allowed to say pussy galore? No, Corey, not <laughs> yet. <laughs> We're not to that movie. Okay, we'll get there. Um, yeah, everything but... that's not this movie is secret. Yeah, exactly. Most secret, Corey. A lot of a charm. Um, a lot of... <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, her name's Goodhead. Now, th- th- when I was doing a little background research in this movie, I thought, uh, of course, Ian fucking Fleming wrote this character as Holly Goodhead. This is, you know, his M.O. This comes from one of his books, so it makes sense. But then as I was <laughs> reading, this character was not in the book. They created this character specifically for this movie, and the writer said, I gave her that name because it seems like something Fleming would say. She's got a good head. Yeah. Nope, nope. He knew what it meant. Good head on her shoulders. (laughs) Mm -hmm. She's got a strong noggin. We'll call her good head. Yeah. He said, I wrote her name as this because it felt very Fleming-ish. Flemish. (laughs) Flemish. I'm sure she feels a little Flemish when she gives her good head. (laughs) (laughs) And what's funny is when she read the script, did you think she just went, (sighs) and what's going (laughs) to really grease your gears 
is that, spoiler alert, she ends up being a CIA agent, correct? Oh, that's correct. So Goodhead's probably not her real name. You know? She she chose Goodhead. (laughs) Or her handler chose it. I mean, it might not be. That's true. Well, here was my question. (laughs) Her handler. I know we're going to touch on it a little bit later, but is she a NASA doctor that works for the CIA, or is she a CIA agent? (laughs) Pretending to be a NASA I doctor. think the latter. You think the latter. Okay. I mean, her I, fighting skills are above what they should be for a NASA doctor. I'll give her that. Yeah. I like also, I think it just says space doctor in, the, in like her bio online. <laughs> She's a space doctor, you know? She's a space doctor. Well, yeah. Okay. Holly Goodhead, everybody. Holly Goodhead. Good introduction. Yeah. Uh, fine. Uh, the actress. Huh. Um... Now, she takes Bond around to show him that uh, where they build all the shuttles, etc. But uh, Hugo Drax has asked Bond to stay the night at his giant home in the middle of the California desert. Palatial. And, yep, palatial. Thank you. And <laughs> Bond's going a little investigating at nighttime. And he just happens to stumble on, uh, stumble on to Corrine, who... Well, Andrew, you actually yeah. missed... A significant part. I certainly did. Holy shit. And how could I? When Goodhead is showing him around, <laughs> yes. they approach a G-Force simulator. Yes, centrifuge. they do. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, you know, spins you around <laughs> to create fictional G-Force for astronauts. Mm-hmm. And James is like, <laughs> I'll give that a try. Yeah. I, the sad part is she suggests it and he's like, sure, well, yeah, I'll do it. You want to fuck me later? Yeah. Let's be honest. That's all James everything. So, yeah. Especially the more James Bond. He's always down to clown. So, Andrew, you can Mm -hmm. take it from there. Yeah. So, we get to the G-Force machine. Uh, Now, Dr. Goodhead explains all of this to him. Uh, What this does, uh, it goes up to a, a certain number. But what kills me is, is that... The shuttle only goes up to three, but this machine goes to 20. Why would they need anything above what it would normally do, is my question. Maybe they not put being... suits, suits in there to see what G-Force does to the suit, perhaps? I, I mean, mean, who knows? It's space. It's space. I know nothing yeah. about it, certainly. So, Bond agrees to do it, and we get acknowledgement that there is a button he can push in case it becomes too much for him. Uh, and usually she says people pass out at, I think she said seven. Mm-hmm. So we go ahead and get Bond started. And then our friend Ching or Cha or Cha or Cha, he shows up and, uh, for no reason whatsoever whispers in this man's ear, who is the only person in the room, uh, and tells him to leave. And the man's just like, you got it. You got it. Ching. Sounds good. And, Cha. Yeah. Whatever you say, man. And he immediately takes over, uh, knows how this whole thing operates, unplugs some stuff, and starts uh, turning up the G-Force meter with Bond in it. Mm-hmm. Um, in an attempt, the first attempt to kill Bond in the strangest fucking ways possible. Um, but so we go, he begins to turn it up, and the machine keeps going higher, higher, and higher but doesn't fucking bother our James. He's still conscious through most of it. And right at the end, James remembers he has on that uh, 
dart watch he has. He shoots the machine, and it stops. And Chang is so upset by this. So sad. So sad. I wrote that down. Yeah. He He's was just staring so forlornly at James. So heartbroken Why by this whole thing. <laughs> I wanted him to spend some more. Oh, man. And then, of course, uh, the guy comes back from his smoke break and takes over from Chang. And uh, Dr. Goodhead shows up and uh, tries to make an excuse. And um, Bond is kind of out of it. He's disheveled. Yeah. To say the yeah. least, yeah. In a way that you're not used to seeing Bond, but I'll tell no. you what, that fucking suit wasn't wrinkled a bit. <laughs> they got some heavy starch on uh, old Roger's suits over there. I also like this look, that blue jacket with the uh, light pants. Really enjoy that. And I'll guarantee I've, wore that. I've worn that at least one time in my life. I'm going to be honest. I couldn't remember a single one of his goddamn outfits from this Jesus movie. Jesus Christ. Except for I, one. I remember that one, the, oh. the, white, the white pants. Yeah, I remember yeah. that one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I'm interested to know which one it but is. But in the future, I'll adjust my note-taking. You need to. to uh, make note. You need to, because I take notes of all of them. Yeah. Okay, so at that point, now we're back at nighttime. Bond uh, walks in on Corrine, uh combing her hair. And, of course, you know, Bond should be doing his job, but why not stop by and um, get down with old Corrine here? And at that point, they, in typical Bond fashion, have sex, but not before. Uh, Bond lays a kiss. I think Corey called it stealing kisses. Uh, <laughs> and what I like about this actress's reaction is it seems like she's really not into Roger Moore kissing her at that moment. Um, I don't understand. Every time, from what I remember from the older James Bond movies, his like transitions into sex are so abrupt. Like I, <laughs> yeah. he doesn't really even say anything. He just yeah. comes in, mm-hmm. says one smart ass thing, kisses mm-hmm. them, and then fucks them. Sometimes on. he sometimes yeah. he doesn't. Like he he has so little preamble between seeing a woman and going, I'm gonna fuck you and they're now we're fucking. So yeah. like yeah. other James Bonds do have like a quip or something, but oftentimes Rogers just gets right in there and he starts just, Roger doesn't play around. He just Rogers their, it literally <laughs> pulling their clothes off. Yeah. <laughs> There's, and you here, know there's zero foreplay. Oh, for Bond? No way. Oh, man, he just, Absolutely He not. just spits on it and slams <laughs> it home. That's all. No work going ahead. I got things to do, ma'am. No I'm time a, for I'm you. I'm an international spy. But it really goes to show who also writes these movies, because... The women are into it. They, oh, yeah. As soon as he walks oh, in the yeah. room, they're just like, holy fuck. Get your mop. I'm <laughs> soaked. <laughs> Turn the sprinklers on. Oh, God. Uh, and uh, I just want to say, we uh, blame the men for writing this. So, yes. yes this we is... have nothing but respect for these women. Um, but yeah, but I got to say, when Raj comes in in that all black outfit, that's a pretty solid outfit, too. Uh, and looks good. <laughs> With the outfits. I know all of them. <laughs> yeah, anyway, so, well, now I'm going to be self-conscious because I think I remember so, so <laughs> I probably remember more about these outfits than I do some of the parts of this movie. Oh, <laughs> man. You didn't even remember why they stole the shuttle. <laughs> no, I didn't. Even, you, you I didn't pay attention the, to that. You left no. out the centrifuge part. But I know Roger Moore wears an all-black outfit right here. <laughs> anyway. Back to the story. So after Bond's got his uh, shits and giggles, 
He then find, goes to look for Drax's safe for some reason, and we get an, uh, we get to see a pretty decent gadget. It's the X-ray cigarette case, <laughs> which I guess you only use for safes. <laughs> I, no, he, he used it to look at her heart. Uh, mm, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that which was a, a little jarring when he held it up to her chest. I said, "Well, God, I was like, okay, all right, James, take it easy." Yes, I forgot uh, <laughs> what movie I was watching for a second. Uh, so yeah, and I lo- and he uh, we get some blueprints, obviously, and uh, Bond takes pictures, and I love that little double seven camera. camera. <laughs> is it like a, is it a lighter? I couldn't tell what that was. It's like a little it, lighter camera. Uh, it certainly could be. Certainly could be. It was but even cool. if it is just a little camera, I, I, li- I think I like that even more. But it has 007 on it, and Bond takes pictures of the schematics, which lets him know that there's a facility in Italy, and he needs to get there to do some further investigation. But not before. He says goodbye to Drax the following morning, who is... Dressed like fucking Sherlock Holmes. I wrote that exact thing. I said, why the fuck is he dressed like Sherlock Holmes right now? This man has 12 layers of clothing on. I don't understand. Hunting pheasants. Yeah. Which which means he also imported all these pheasants. Yeah, I don't think they're part of uh, the the California landscape. Yeah. Um, But yes, please continue. Yeah. Then you cue like the second but perhaps the most feeble way to try and kill Bond. I don't know if it's most feeble in the movie, but man, just this... hey, go, <laughs> go yeah. climb up in that, go climb up in that tree and shoot him. I have no, so no Corey. Many I, I don't think that is in this movie. I think there are so many missed opportunities to have killed this man, and they choose the stupidest fucking ways to try and. Kill I'll him. say this is probably the best way they try. The to most kill logical, him. best with way. a gun. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this yeah. is the only logical way. This, this makes the most sense. But <laughs> yeah, okay. So, but typical Bond fashion. Set it up for us. Uh, Bond comes up uh, once again. Tells uh, Drax, "Thanks for letting me stay in your fucking home." And then uh, Drax again introduces him to two beautiful ladies who are dressed up like. Uh, uh, two students from the Goblet of Fire. I can't remember what school they're from. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Is it Lobotan? <laughs> you know who I'm talking about. I know what about. you're talking yeah. about. Floor Delacroix. That's it. Floor Delacroix. Yeah. Girls, yes. <laughs> it's Bobatan. Yes. Ah, well, God. fine. Yes. Uh, but anyways. <laughs> uh, anyway. So at that point... Uh, Drax asks Bond to shoot a pheasant. A gentleman is in the tree, and he's aiming to shoot Bond. But as we all know, Bond knows everything, and he shoots the man out of the tree. As a pheasant flies by, (laughs) and Drax is like, oh, there's one there. And Um, you think Bond just misses, and then he goes, oh, he sure fucking Well, Drax goes, you missed it. And he said, oh, did I? And then the guy falls out of the tree. You're goddamn right he does. And then he leaves. (laughs) Yeah. Nothing is said about the fact that James Bond just shot, killed this man (laughs) that was in a tree trying to assassinate. They had no conversation about it. And James is a straight fucking cold-blooded killer in this movie. Oh, Oh, he absolutely is. He He never shows any sign of remorse or no even being affected by all the people he killed. (laughs) Also, 
this movie is PG. And <laughs> yes, at it least is. 75 people die in this movie. Easily. Easily. So oh, I, don't, I don't know. Especially at the end, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Not to mention it's a movie about essentially wiping out the human race, too. So there's that. Uh, <laughs> but yes. Yeah. He kills this guy, and <laughs> I was just jarred by the fact that there was no interaction by no. the fact by either of them. They just uh, like, well, okay. You y- got him. Yeah. Not like, <laughs> try, I mean, try next foiled time. Again. Bond, Bond could have at least turned to him and be like, don't fuck with me. <laughs> like, something. Or he could have been like, I think we're on to you now. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> Trying to kill me, eh? Well, all right. You're probably we'll hiding on something. You. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. By the way, what was your game plan? You were going to kill me and what? Everybody knows I'm here. <laughs> so what was going to happen? Well, anyway, at that point, Bond leaves and Corrine shows up and uh, she's fired, which is really insult to injury here because at this point, and I, I cannot emphasize this enough, probably one of the most brutal deaths of anyone in a James Bond movie. It happens off screen, but we yeah. know. We, we, we know that. Know. So he lets these goddamn dogs... Chase after her, and it felt like a complete. It felt like a fucking horror movie I was watching. The music changes, everything, and uh, Kareen is running through the woods and gets uh, ripped apart by dogs. Yeah, while still alive. Why did she run past the golf cart? Oh, that's a great question. I, it, and into the woods. I would hope well, somebody would have saw me. That golf cart would have not done shit for those dogs. They would have caught it immediately. It's not like a. Well, I think she'd have had a better chance. <laughs> I think you, maybe, but, uh, maybe but you'd survive you, a little bit longer. Golf carts don't get tired, though. No, no, they certainly don't. Um, <laughs> I doubt that golf cart moved faster than 20 miles an hour. Definitely 20 miles fast. an hour would have burned past those dogs. It moved fast. Fa- it moved faster than her. We'll say <laughs> yeah, that. Let's just say that. Um, uh, yeah, and I think we got to acknowledge... Uh, Bond solely responsible for getting this lady killed. Solely, <laughs> yeah. his, it is entirely his fault. He yeah. basically fucked her to death. <laughs> he did not have to involve her in any of this. No, nope. and she could have lived the rest of her life being not pilot. being ripped apart by dogs. <laughs> but of course, he had to get her involved because all he wanted to do was lay some train down, and now Kareem's ripped apart and dead. But what's even more interesting is after we have that brutal death scene of her, we then transition into what I can only describe as the most insane thing I have ever seen, not just in a Bond movie, but in any movie, when we show up in Venice, Italy with Bond. <laughs> I, this, this entire, from beginning to end, this is... Absolute bananas. <laughs> it, well, first of all, we <laughs> we got to talk about uh, Bond finds the glass company that Drax is using, which I guess Drax is a small business supporter because it's just in the <laughs> middle of this <laughs> town. <laughs> well, it's also like a Venetian glass museum. On top of everything, I, I just yeah. like this motherfucker makes space shuttles. <laughs> you can't, <laughs> you can't produce. Mass Some glass, glass in your fucking yeah Death Star. I, <laughs> I mean, you made a whole space station. Yeah, it seems like glass would be the least hard thing to do, but 
Anyway. Uh, okay. Get uh, from Italy, you bougie French bastard. <laughs> bougie French fuck. <laughs> God. So, yeah. So, at this glass museum with this, uh, we've, there's this receptionist who is 80 yard by a woman who has to be at least 80 years old, but she 80 yards this voice and tells Bond to look at whatever he likes. And uh, at this museum, apparently, there is a tour guide uh, helping people tour throughout the uh, building. And once she mentions that that one glass piece is $5 million, you go ahead and assume it's going to be broken. Um, but we then see uh, Holly Goodhead once again. Mm. Uh, she's at this facility, and Bond tracks her outside, and she gives, once again, one of her rousing performances of talking underneath her teeth, and they agree to meet up later. But then, you guys, then we get to some real fun. Bond oh, yeah. Bond delivers a line when he's talking to Goodhead. Oh, go for it. He goes, I like to keep abreast of things. <laughs> and again, not bad, but I think there's some other lines in this movie. They are, Pretty, but I'm going to mention all those. If I love up, them. If you're going to bring up outfits, I'm going to bring up misogynistic lines. I hope lines. you bring up all the misogynistic lines. Uh, but yes, continue to my favorite part oh. of cinema. So... Number one, not only is Bond riding in a gondola, it's mm-hmm. his own private one with his own private gondolier. Which hasn't been explained. No, no, no. <laughs> we, we're just assuming Bond might have rented this. We don't know. Just his own a gondola. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then uh, just relaxing to get to his destination. We have an assassin, folks, <laughs> who... Is beyond words. I... That his specialty. <laughs> uh, number one, he's in a coffin, which feels very unnecessary for the situation. This cat is so extra. Oh my <laughs> god, this guy. Definitely. All right, so he's got to be the most feeble. I, I, when I said that, I was like, wait a minute, this is the guy. This he's the worst by far. Oh, uh, uh, very I mean, much so. I just, still, I still think there's one worse, and we'll get to it. We'll maybe, but just so much buildup for what he actually delivers, I couldn't believe it. Oh my god! <laughs> so we open the coffin. We see well, Rose. Well, oh, first, a boat is shown like slowly approaching for like 45 seconds. So you're like, uh oh, yeah. something's happening. So there's some buildup, yeah. and then you see, oh, it's like a funeral boat. Mm-hmm. There's a coffin in the back. But you immediately would think that a bunch of men are going to, like, step up with machine guns and just machine gun the boat. Oh, no. That's not what we're doing here, folks. No, no, no. There's a gentleman inside of the coffin. (laughs) He opens it. The coffin is lined with nothing but knives. (laughs) And then a fan of knives open up as well. And he... uh, isn't just a knife fighter. He's a knife thrower. And he kills the gondolier of Bond's boat, throws a knife at Bond, but misses. And without fucking skipping a beat, Bond picks the <laughs> knife up and kills this man with his own shit. Instantly. He was like, <laughs> hey, I just want to be in so his head. <laughs> so I just picture this guy like riding around all day, like, he, I'm going to fucking surprise this, this guy and blow. kill him in the coolest way. <laughs> I'm fucking sick. And son. he got the he got 
He got killed it's, in ten seconds. It was the bitchest way to die I've ever seen in my life. Well, there's only knife. Blew it. Why did he go for the gondolier first? That makes no sense. It. He killed. Bond wasn't even. He's like, oh, you want to throw a knife? <laughs> <laughs> that was so. Oh, don't get me wrong; it's so dumb, but I loved it so much. Oh, I love! I, I yeah. love! I laughed so hard. Oh, that was so great. Uh, and then <laughs> things really pick up from here. <laughs> for it now, you think you might think for a second, "Wow, Drex is terrible at hiring assassins." But then the boat that should have been there to kill James Bond shows up, and they start machine gunning. With yes, yeah. Yeah, maybe start with the machine guns. That might have been the best way to go. Uh, so then we find out that this gondola is well equipped and upgraded. It Bond lifts a handle and begins driving this gondola like it's a speedboat. Yep. Um, and what makes me so happy about this scene is to think that in Q Branch somewhere, they had a planning session. <laughs> what if we have an agent that's in Venice? He's going to need a gondola that's souped up. <laughs> Don't worry, we're on it. We're going to get on that queue. But, and then they're like, but what if it needs to go on land? Oh, we'll fix that. We will fix that. <laughs> Don't you fret, oh, little bird. <laughs> Hovercraft. Yes. We will get this thing on land. And I believe it had a couple of different weapons associated with it. But so apparently this gentleman with the machine gun is also the worst shot in the face of the earth because he completely misses Bond at every turn. Uh, at that point, Bond turns on the hovercraft and goes into the courtyard in Venice and just drives in a fucking circle. Do you think <laughs> the director gave us enough candid reaction shots? I don't from think the so. crowd? I think I needed a couple of more. God, this we get it. It's wow. strange. There is it's so strange. It's, not only is it out of place, it would be out of place in any fucking movie. This makes no sense. Bond is driving around. Uh people are double taking. Uh one gentleman looks at his wine. Another guy is trying to paint, and it ridiculous. It is so dumb. <laughs> good, good stuff. Yeah, but I will say, I was very entertained. <laughs> Can't say that I wasn't. It was very entertaining. So we have the courtyard nonsense, and then at that point, Bonds apparently does a wardrobe change and <laughs> goes back to the glass facility, where he discovers the back room or the uh, laboratory at this facility. Now, I don't know if you guys noticed, but the key lock to this laboratory is a mm -hmm. complete, complete ripoff of the Close Encounters song. Of, exactly. I was like, that's literally the Close Encounters. <laughs> I thought I was fucking hearing things. When, he, when the guy put it in, I was like, no, that can't be. They wouldn't do that. And then when Bond puts it in, I was like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. You've <laughs> got to be fucking kidding me. This movie came out three years after that movie. And it's obvious they stole that same tone. And Can I posit a theory? Oh. Unless you have. No, I don't have a theory. Please go. Steven Spielberg actually offered to direct this movie. And old, that would have been a better uh, movie. Albert, 
Albert Broccoli himself said, nope, <laughs> we've got it covered. <laughs> and I, I wonder if this was a big fuck you to Steven Spielberg. Like, why, why would Steven... We're going to put this little thing in, your, in our why movie. Why would Steven Spielberg like have to get hurt on this? Finger. That doesn't seem fair. <laughs> he wanted to direct it, and they were like, no. Is Broccoli an anti-Semite? I think he's actually Jewish. I'm not sure. Mm, I don't knows. know, though. <laughs> but, yeah, we should probably bring that up. Uh, he also goes by Cubby Broccoli. <laughs> Cubby His broccoli. name's Albert Broccoli, but he goes by Cubby. Hmm. Uh, there's a great... Uh, so make it, make it more yeah, weird. Yeah, we goal. want it to be more weird, yeah. <laughs> is, is his gig. Mm-hmm. Uh, Goddamn, that was so strange. Uh, but, yeah. Close Encounters, complete ripoff. And then... Now, this was just me, and maybe I'm the only person who notices this shit, but the, gl- uh, the glass domes they're making in this room is R2 fucking D2. Oh, no, I didn't say that. Oh, who'd you say? What I said was, there's an arcade game where, oh. you, where it's a dome, the light spins, and you try to stop the light. Oh. It looks exactly <laughs> like that. Well, the design on the dome looks just like the design on top of R2-D2. And it bothered me so much that I didn't even notice at first what this, why they even have this laboratory, and they're making a, a nerve gas. Uh, and, and again, Bond just kills, I'd argue, two innocent people in all this. Bond was very negligent here. Yeah, he was doing a terrible <laughs> job. These poor two... They... <laughs> They're just employees. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's he just left this shit out and they knocked it off and <laughs> yeah, died. Yeah. Horrible deaths and James is just, huh. ah, well, on my way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> These guys are just punching a clock and you killed them. Killed <laughs> what an asshole. Killed them dead. <laughs> Again, no remorse. No, none P- at all. Movie's still PG. Yeah. Matter of fact, he's so giddy about all this, he goes and fucking sleeps with Holly Goodhead. <laughs> <laughs> but he has to fight the henchmen first. Oh, how could I forget? This yeah. is God. Chang is. Fight I'm doing no justice to Chang. Um, <laughs> but what outfit was he wearing? It's true. It's true. <laughs> it's so true. He was but, in this scene. He was back in that all black you, outfit. Are, yeah. You skipped both of Cha's moments. <laughs> yeah, Chang's so important. Yeah, these yeah. Scenes. Nope. I mean, here's what I'm going to argue. Did no one tell Chang? To show up with a fucking sword. I was going <laughs> to this is what I was saying. This is so futile. He shows up with a wooden training sword. It bl- is when, basically a glass breaker. You know what I thought? I was like, I, there's a sword under there. That's why. No, oh, no. It's wood. It's a bundle nope. of fucking sticks. <laughs> so he showed up with like a sparring mask on. Like you <laughs> knew James was going to have. A sword. He's going to have something to fight back with. And what was his get- plan at the end of the day? He was going to beat James to death? <laughs> with a, a bamboo stick. With a bamboo That'd stick. That would have been brutal. You had to beat him for 45 hours. <laughs> My God, this guy would have never died. Uh, so Jesus stupid. Christ. But that's okay, because they destroy all the glass in the museum. Yes, they do. And then James throws them out of a goddamn... <laughs> Clock face. <laughs> right out of a goddamn clock. He crashes into a car and, and they show his body yeah. crushed through the car and it's still. No, no. It, piano. Piano. Not a car. <laughs> he oh, falls yeah. through the piano. Piano. Which is why he delivers so that he great can... joke. Oh, right. yes. <laughs> Play it again, Play it. Sam. <laughs> Play it again, Sam. <laughs> oh. 
you know what? That's probably why Bond was so giddy and went to go fuck Holly Again. Goodhead. Yeah. <laughs> I, of course. Oh, man. So cold. Hyped so up cold-blooded. Yeah. So cold-blooded. Fucking murderer. Not even worried about it. All these people, I witnessed this. Not a police officer shows up. <laughs> it's so... In, uh, okay. So, I just want to say this. Okay, maybe you didn't write down uh, Chang had a sword. But then Bond picks up a sword and starts fighting Chang. It's ridiculous that they did not give him a sword in this scene. I <laughs> it's so dumb. A bamboo training. I just it that it, you know what? Fuck it. I would have liked to have seen how long it would have taken him to beat him to death with the wooden sword. <laughs> that would have been incredible. That'd have been a different yeah. That would have been incredible. Uh, uh so yeah, but well, before Bond Throws this poor man out of a window. He, he notices there are some crates with uh, the Drax logo on it uh, for Rio de Janeiro. So at that point, he then goes to uh, Holly Goodhead's uh, apartment. And he figures out that she is CIA or working for the CIA, I should say. So at that point... Can, oh, can I just stop there? There was such an odd element, too, that, she, that we're in her apartment... And she goes to turn on the lamp, and we get this weird jump scare from James. It li- he literally goes like, he literally goes, no. yeah. he, like, he grunts like at her. Yeah. That's so strange. Like, why did they do that? That really, really threw, because then he just sits back like he didn't just do that. Yeah. And she's like, oh. Well, first of all, there's no That's reason you. to hide in her place. Like, you don't have to be that much of a creep. You're already going to technically sexually assault her a little bit. So, I mean, no need to scare her on top of it. I think it's because he knew she was CIA and he wanted to outspy her. <laughs> yeah. He already figured yeah. it out. Definitely already figured it out. And then they go rummage through her things and he basically <laughs> yeah. knows everything that's a gadget. <laughs> I he laughed out loud. The place with every single one of her yes. gadgets. When mm-hmm. that purse yeah. threw up that big ass antenna, I I laughed out loud. That is so <laughs> fucking silly. How does that operate? Does she just talk into her purse? That wouldn't even make sense. <laughs> <laughs> what a terrible gadget, CIA. You mm-hmm. can do better. Uh, I do also love that uh, after he like embraces her, he looks in that drawer. And we see uh, her plane ticket to Rio, so we know where she's going. But goddamn, if they didn't put a pack of Marlboro cigarettes right next to it, oh. gotta get that in there. <laughs> they gotta get that little scene in there. All right. So after Bond, of course, sleeps with this woman, uh, we cut to the following day, I believe, and Bond has called uh, M and the Defense Minister to this small business in the middle of. Uh, Venice, Italy, that's making some kind of weapon, uh, makes them put on gas mask before they go into the lab. And when they go in this time, it's now just Drax's office. Uh, Bond embarrassed the Minister of Defense, who is really worried about losing, uh, playing bridge with Drax, which is such a weird game to play and worry about if you're ever going to do it again. But uh, he might not get to play bridge anymore with uh, Hugo Drax. It's a shame. But what I do like is we get a good interaction between uh, M and Bond where there's an understanding. Something's going on. He tells M to have Q analyze the nerve gas 
And then they hint around that Bond's going to go to Rio for, quote-unquote, vacation. And then the next scene, we have Bond arriving in Rio. Uh, I was going to mention here. A white suit. A white suit. The only one that I wrote down. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay, Andrew. With a uh, brown shirt, and I thought I looked great as well. (laughs) But anyway, (laughs) listen. Bond fashion must be talked about. I don't care what you say. Uh, at that point, Bond gets a ride to his hotel room where he's being followed by another gorgeous woman. Um, Man- Manuela. 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 Um, yeah, the, everybody, they only hire the most beautiful women to be agents. A lot of attractive women in this <laughs> yeah, movie. It's very strange. Uh, and when he gets to the hotel, Manuela's already there making the typical Bond drink. So we get a... Vodka martini shaken, not stirred in this movie. I believe this is the only one, actually. And at that point, they have a back and forth about a warehouse, I believe, that Drax is using. And she uh, tells him that they'll go and go through, a, I think it's the Mardi Gras, to get there. But that's not before James has already made his mind up that they're going to sleep together. Already undressing <laughs> yeah. her. <laughs> yeah. Just pulling her clothes yeah, off. Yeah, as they were talking. Oh, my God. But have been talking for 12 seconds. Yeah. Just met. Absolutely just met. But not to mention, the writer made it to where she, when he walked in that room, she is into it. She is like, okay, this is what's going to go down, and I'm okay with it. And it's not like Roger Moore is like fucking drop dead handsome. I mean, Roger Moore is handsome. I'll give him that. But yeah, but he's not. He is not like if you he, walked into the room, you'd be like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, you don't, you <laughs> yeah. don't, you don't get a wide on. No, when you see Roger Moore walk in the door. <laughs> <laughs> Your shit stays closed. Yeah, um, but yeah, undressing her in twelve seconds, and then it's carnival. Carnival, excuse me, which yes. is what they go to. Yes, next. they go to carnival, and for no reason whatsoever, James Bond wears a fucking tuxedo to it. <laughs> I I can't. When I was watching it, I was like, I guess you got to get Bond in a tux at some point in the movie, but this wasn't it. <laughs> there was no reason for him to be wearing that to walk through the carnival and go to a warehouse to investigate. Uh, but then one of my favorite moments in this movie, uh, Bond goes into the warehouse, leaves uh, Manuela outside, and we see a figure start to approach her in a costume. Now, given the fact that this uh, costume is 12 feet in the air, (laughs) you kind of put together this is probably Jaws. It's a 12-foot clown. Yeah, it's a 12-foot clown. Uh, She doesn't seem to be particularly worried at first. Well, because there's a lot of... It's carnival. Uh, It's a lot of costumes out. A lot of costumes similar to the one that is approaching. Sure. I could get it. Okay. Still scary. Yeah. 12-foot clown coming down an alley. Uh Never a good thing. Oh, never. No. Uh, And then at this point, uh, Jaws removes the hat and picks up Manuela. And he's going in now, in case you didn't know, Jaws' move in the movie previous, The Spy Who Loved Me, was to uh, essentially rip people's throats out with his uh, teeth. So he's going in for the throat on Manuela. But not before he gets interrupted. Uh, but I do like that she pulls out a switchblade and she is ready to go with this uh, giant man. She was, she was, she was going to tango oh, with him. I mean, absolutely. Uh, but he picks her up and gets distracted. And 
basically gets distracted enough to just join the fucking parade. <laughs> just forgets about that, his job. That's part. <laughs> they just they just like walk away with him, and then Bond and Manuela just yeah. decide after this super harrowing event to <laughs> stroll yeah. away, not run. Uh-huh. Like okay, danger's gone. Even though he's still in camera. Yeah, he's in the background. Crazy. It's not like they evacuate the scene so we could can't come back. They just stay there. They probably go get drinks, honestly. Let's be honest. They probably sleep with each other it, again. But I'm just glad Bond didn't get this woman killed like he has everybody else in this movie. Um, so, yeah. So we have that scene that... Uh, I'm not going to say that. I'll just say it uh, seemed like a, a lot for a little is what we got from that scene. And then that's the last time we see Manuela. Yeah, never see her again. Mm-hmm. I, again, I'm just glad she uh, survived the event. Bond will straight up use a woman. Oh, my gosh. Uh, every day, every time he can. <laughs> uh, so at that point, uh, we then cut to the next day. And like you said, I guess Bond had been uh, drinking all night because he's still in that goddamn tuxedo. And he goes to what I can only describe as a uh, lift service Sponsored by 7-Up. There are 7-Up signs all over this place. And it's ridiculous. But from there, he looks through a telescope. And he sees uh, Holly Goodhead across the way. They're staring at each other. He and Holly meet Mm -hmm. up. They ride the lift back down this mountain. uh, And start devising a plan for how to move forward. But not before. That is completely fucked up. By Jaws, who stops the lift from moving. And then we jump into yet another fight between Bond and Jaws. Before we get to the fight, can we talk about the five minutes that Jaws stared at the wheel (laughs) to make sure it wasn't starting back again? Was that... That was... Did that only bother me? No, no, no. Or was that supposed to be a comedy element? I don't know what they were trying to do. Because it kept moving. It would, like, move us. And then he'd, like... He'd stop, uh, look behind him. Uh, oh, what are you doing? Uh, don't you do it. Don't you restart. I don't know if they were trying to buy time. <laughs> but this movie has enough time to do everything it's supposed to. So it was weird. It was a weird element. And then the, there was also, he, he bit a cable in half and it didn't do really anything. Affect too, too no. much. Would have thought it might have like caused a whole catastrophe. And really, it you would have thought the lift would have just, just fell. Things, you know? Yeah, no, no, no. Not at all. Maybe that was the brake mechanism. I, I guess so. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, because otherwise, it's that's a better theory. No that's a better theory than what I had. So, yeah, maybe it was the brake. And then at this point, Jaws' bare hand crawls across this uh, wire to get on the uh, the lift. Is that this scene? Yeah, for a little bit, and then it's. I don't know. It was just his friend was just there. I guess well, who was this other guy? <laughs> so <laughs> they stop James and Goodhead. Yeah, in the middle. Mm-hmm. Then Jaws takes his own lift and meets them for a nice in-air battle. <laughs> exactly. Yep. And when Jaws jumps from his lift to the, eye, I mm-hmm. laughed so hard. <laughs> he does this like silly <laughs> arm wiggle. Yeah, and then it's obviously not. It's someone else jumping. Yeah, but... it's the stunt man. Yeah, it... and God bless the stuntmen for these Bond movies because 
they risk their lives for such silliness. <laughs> Absolutely. Also, when you have a, a guy who's seven foot two and you yeah. use a stunt man who's five foot three, it's so obvious. Like yeah. once he gets onto the <laughs> yeah. lift, they throw yeah. him through the hatch, and it it could have been a woman. It was such a small person. Yeah. <laughs> it was definitely not someone who was seven foot two. No, um, he wouldn't have been able to fit through that small hatch anyway. <laughs> that would have just not happened. Richard Keel, who plays Jaws, is a monster of a man. That's just not gonna happen. He's, he's a big guy normally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So they fight. Yeah, they fight. They and throw again, him into the, his lift. Yeah. And then they fucking ride down the wire with a chain rope. Bond not only holding up his body weight, but Holly Goodhead's body weight. Yes. And I think we should just go ahead and say, Roger Moore is a man of an elder age. I don't know if he could pull this little feat of strength (laughs) off. Uh, It seemed a little odd, but hey, he fucking does it. He fucking did it. And I haven't brought this up yet, but... yeah. All of these fight scenes, they're so terrible. (laughs) I don't think Roger Moore could beat up anyone. I don't disagree with you, but I... (laughs) How long? I would say it feels... It's a lot different than other ones. For some reason, this movie... Like how does long not did they spend through. on choreography? Oh, it doesn't feel like long. No. <laughs> it certainly doesn't feel like they did a lot. It's so terrible. He looks like he's falling down every time he throws a punch. I don't oh. know if you noticed it. Yeah. Like, did he have a broken hip in this movie? <laughs> I what was going on? I wouldn't be surprised if throwing that punch broke his hip. <laughs> he was uh he was a little bit older. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He was a little bit older. But, yeah. but his stuntmen did great things when they could. <laughs> but back to him and Goodhead. Yeah, they drop from an unreasonable height <laughs> and land. But what happens next? Oh, well, that. Well, what I was gonna say is, uh, the most logical thing would have been for Jaws just to wait at the bottom of the lift and then shoot them with a machine gun. But <laughs> oh no, <laughs> he wasn't gonna do that. <laughs> I'm gonna meet him in the middle. <laughs> I gotta get there right now. <laughs> There's, no, I don't need to stop. It's so dumb. <laughs> we could really shorten this down. Yeah, not many places they can go. No, no. Matter of fact, this is going to be easy. Shoot it with a rocket. Yeah. <laughs> if you're insistent that it has to happen right now, you blow it up. <laughs> blow it up. Yes, but you're forgetting that if this didn't happen, he would not have met his lovely well, lady. Well, he didn't know at the time because you're right. Well, of course yeah. he didn't know. I'm no, no, saying. you're right. We wouldn't have had... The Jaws relationship. That, uh, Can we up. explain this? Okay. Please. So uh, what happens is, is for what reason uh. I can't understand, there is no brakes, yet this thing keeps sliding down. Jaws is in the lift, and it crashes through a wall, not harming him in the least. Not at all. Well, he already survived a fall from, a fall from an airplane. He's so, fine. He's a tough dude. Uh, and we find out later on, maybe he's not just his teeth, but his inner body might be metal like a Wolverine type guy. Because when bond kicks him in the dick, it makes a metal noise. He probably just got a real hog on him. <laughs> he could, probably does. Let's be honest. <laughs> He's seven foot two. You kind of have to at that point. He's got a tenderloin down there. <laughs> um, so yeah. So at this point, uh, jaws crashes through the seven up center at the bottom of the lift. And this, uh, I'd say very cute. I'd say lady. a Swedish uh, 
mountain lady. Yeah. Uh, very Lolita vibes with her pigtails. And this is a... Now, I think this is a Mandela effect for me. Because I swore that when this scene happened, she smiles and has braces. And that would have been funny. If she would have smiled and she would have had braces, they would have, yeah. that would have been a great scene. But she doesn't. So now it's just weird. And she's like, just oh. Just now it's weird? Now at that point it's weird. that they. I think in any circumstance this would have been weird. You make a fair point. Um, <laughs> that they fall in love at this accident and run away together. And it plays yeah. like silly music. Oh, it plays and the... And they run off in... Oh, yeah. In like a fog. It, the music wells up and then they run away. And... Well, they play it like that might be the last time you see Josh. Yeah, like, they it, was like, uh, it really feels like, oh, there he, he goes. Yeah. Gonna, Love has turned it. his ways. Yeah, he's changed. Like he doesn't have a job to do anymore. But even if, it's like, okay, we'll see Jaws again. But this lady's not going to play into it, you know. We'll never see he her again. He got that bitch a job. He did. He well, I w- job. that was my theory. Did she have this job before they met? Or did she get the job afterwards? I think he got her the job. I hope he did. Everybody needs a friend hookup every once yeah. in a while. So from there, uh, of course, after this harrowing event, Bond and Holly Goodhead are like, you know what we should do here on the ground? Just fuck. <laughs> we just need to fuck after falling 40 feet from the air. Uh, but then their plans are foiled. Because paramedics show up and Bond says, oh, no, thank you. Well, they knock them out. They throw them on an ambulance. And I'm willing to argue that the only reason this scene exists in the movie is so they can show those billboards with advertisements. Mm -hmm. Because there's really no reason to have this scene when they're traveling up that mountain and you pass by the Marlboros, you pass by another 7-Up and a Seiko watch uh, billboard. And might I just say, how much money did 7-Up have back in the day? Because it is really bankroll in this movie. And I can't tell you the last time I had a 7-Up. I don't know. I mean, they were definitely bigger then than they are now. I oh, say. I hope so. I hope so. Uh, so at that point, the tussle breaks out in the ambulance, right? The ambulance, so, yeah. Yep. Uh, another scene where Bond lands face first in uh, Holly, Good's he- Holly Goodhead's uh, vagina. And oh, sorry. Oh, oh, throws a bunch of really solid punches. Yeah. But also, who are these henchmen that didn't know about the sliding (laughs) rails on? That's a real gurneys. That's a real big uh, miss, there, guys. Absolutely big. (laughs) Bond figured it out immediately. (laughs) Just oh, (laughs) put it through there. Uh, Yeah, some great punches. He and uh, the gentleman roll out the back. Of the ambulance. And here's the bad part. By this point in the movie, so much insanity has happened that when the ambulance guy or the paramedic goes through the sign, it doesn't even bother me at that point. I'm like, oh, it seems like the, uh, the essence of this movie <laughs> truly does. Oh, God. <laughs> and then, without missing a beat, we jump into the uh, Magnificent Seven soundtrack and Bond... In his uh, poncho with his cowboy hat. <laughs> what on earth? I get he needed to like, find his way there, and he might have met some caballeros, yeah. but holy God shit. God damn, that was unnecessary for him to do another wardrobe change. <laughs> for like two seconds. Yeah. So I guess he finds the MI6 
safe house in Rio, <laughs> changes into this outfit, and then goes to, I guess, a monk facility where monks train for martial arts inside. Well, I think they're just CIA yeah. people. Or I hope MI6 so. people dressed as monks. <laughs> That's my hope. I like one of those monks, judo, like just a beautiful judo throw, then he blessed that dude. Then he blessed the guy. <laughs> but what I love the most is that Roger Moore's face when he goes in, and then just goes out. Yeah. <laughs> just oh, okay. Yeah. Seems like normal. All right. And that's where we're introduced to the laser guns. Just, oh, we certainly uh, are. Right after the, right after the bolus bombs that we. Never I saw wanted again, course, to see the bolus bombs. I would have loved that. <laughs> Matter of fact, if you this movie would have been improved if that's how he killed Hugo Drax. If they killed Drax. <laughs> yeah. Exploded his fucking head. He threw that, that and exploded his head. Awesome. God damn, that would have been a much better ending to this movie. The, yes, the laser gun. They yeah. Just, just, this dude's just yeah. melting this dummy. Well, face. I also want to say yeah. uh, MI6 spares no expense when they move the entire fucking office to this place in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Everybody's got an office. They moved Money Penny's whole setup out down there. Q's got all his people out there. It's really wild. <laughs> That they decide just to set up shop there. Uh, but yeah, that laser... By the way, this laser gun is so dumb. <laughs> it, it, so uh, dumb. it does not do the normal function of a laser gun. It, uh, from what I can tell, it just melts things. Until later in the movie where it actually does do something. But <laughs> does, does a yeah, laser. It yeah. actually operates like a laser gun should. Um, but anyway, so... We get all the different Q gadgets here, which aren't bad. Uh, I like all of them. Wish they would have used them in this movie somewhere, but whatever. Uh, and then uh, we meet in what M is using as an office, and Q explains his findings for the nerve gas they found. Uh, and <laughs> what I will say about this is Q's giving his presentation. And he shows them where this plant comes from. And he says it comes from this part of the, of the river. And of course, Bond has this unreal knowledge that, oh, no, Q, it actually comes from before this. Before that, before Q explains, <laughs> they just pull up the chemical <laughs> breakdown the the chemistry of it and James knows exactly, exactly. what it is. Exactly. Well, what's even dumber? Well, show me the chemical breakdown. Why? <laughs> Do you know what you're looking at? You fucking weirdo. He knew immediately. Yeah, he looked oh, at all. That's the orchid of Oh, uh, yeah. The and this is what kills me about James Wan sometimes is that the unbelievable knowledge that he has. Cuz first of all, who the fuck would know about this plant? It's chemical breakdown and where it originates from. Nobody. But we find out this plant, uh, when it pollinates, it has the capability to kill human beings, but not animals or, wild, or uh, other plants. So now we have a baseline for what we're getting into. And, of course, we then say, uh, Bond, go and investigate that river and see what you can find. And then we get... Yet another goddamn boat by uh, the unit, uh, Q's unit, which not a bad gadget, I'll say. This boat's fine. But then we go into, I want to say, a 15-minute boat chase scene that Jaws is also yeah. involved in. You can say it because that's what it was. <laughs> yeah, it was a 15-minute boat chase. Uh, 
It was down a... the Amazon River. Yes. In which uh, Bond lets the boat go and hang glides off a waterfall. Off a waterfall. Uh, and again, Jaws <laughs> plummets, plummets. Off the water. <laughs> <laughs> and not a scratch on him. <laughs> spoiler, yeah, spoiler word, he, he is, is fine. Perfect. If you're worried about Jaws. We see him later. Yeah, if you're worried at all about Jaws, I have a feeling he's going to make it. But can we t- how many bodies were let me tell you though. Just flown through the air when, during that boat chase. When that boat exploded and those goddamn crash test dummies went in the air, I laughed out loud. That was the funniest fucking thing. Threw him 80 feet in the air. Bond, no fucks given. Kill anybody in your path. Well, he does have a license to kill, so I guess he can do whatever he wants. Also, Jaws rocks the same outfit. The entire movie. Yeah. <laughs> the entire As movie. tough as he is, his mm-hmm. clothes are fucking tough, too. Hey, yeah. They don't. <laughs> they go through a ton of damage without any noticeable signs. Uh, except that they're soaking wet at one point. But you got to think. It's got to be hard to dress that fucking guy. I, I, still, I can't believe that boat turned into a hang glider. <laughs> really? <laughs> After the gondola? You can't. That seemed at least halfway logical. And I love how James is just so adept at using all these gadgets. Like, how many times has he practiced with, hang with the boat hang glider? <laughs> but he did it flawlessly. He did it beautifully. Absolutely beautifully. Yes, he's just... Uh, and lands fairly okay. But lands in what I would argue is the absolute perfect spot. Because then... <laughs> He sees one of uh, Drax's ladies just wandering through the rainforest. and <laughs> That's lucky. Yeah, that's real lucky. And follows her back to um, a Mayan ruin. His lair, yes. <laughs> yes, Mayan Drax's lair. lair. Yeah. Uh, which I guess he has just hollowed out and put all his shit in it. And so James wanders into uh, obviously a set. Um, that's been set up by Drax. And all the beautiful women from the movie we start to see again. There's a little, like, uh, pool in the middle of this room. And oddly enough, James happens to step on the exact rock that can turn sideways and eject you into the pool. And then, uh, once James is in there, we get to see one of the... Uh, most interesting fake snakes I've ever seen in my life that he fights. Anybody want to comment on this? Uh, you got anything? He, he fights a fucking anaconda. <laughs> Do I need to say more? He stabs an anaconda in the fucking head with a needle to kill it. <laughs> and that was a gadget we've never seen before. That came out of nowhere. No, that was one he Good, took from yeah. Holly Goodhead's Oh, that's uh, room. right. Yeah. Yes, her weapon. Yeah. Okay. I remember watching, and I was like, I didn't remember Q gave him that, but okay. Um, anyway. Fights an anaconda. <laughs> an anaconda. And once again, all you had to do was have one of those uh, women pull out a gun and shoot James. They didn't even have the snake scene. Yeah, or like, they're silent. They're silent like, observers. And, well, and, as he's crawling out of the pool, like tired and exhausted. Mm-hmm. Two ridiculous-looking guards come up with M16s. Uh-huh. Blast this motherfucker while he's laying on the ground. <laughs> exactly. 
You just tried to, you tried to kill him for years. Yeah. For, <laughs> for days. Just do it now. In the stupidest ways possible. Although we're just re- repeating the Seth Green joke from... <laughs> it sure is. I mean, it it, is. Yeah, absolutely. Just shoot him in the head. But, hey, wouldn't be a movie if we didn't do it this That's way, I guess. True. But, again, Jaws has already <laughs> shown up to the lair <laughs> and pulls James up. <laughs> and then Drax comes out, and now he is truly in his... Kim Jong Il outfits in this scene. <laughs> he is he is he is North Korea yeah, prime. He is really showed up to the party in this outfit. I'm so, I those guards. I laugh so hard. <laughs> those stupid helmets. <laughs> this whole stupid outfit situation that, that just... everyone has on. Uh, although that'd be a decent Halloween costume if you could make that. What Drax or the guards? Oh, either one. If you could do a Drax costume, that'd be even better. <laughs> but it'd be nice to have one of those Moonraker uh, yellow jumpsuits. That wouldn't be too bad. Yeah, um, be pretty and good. I have a theory about later on in the movie that I think they made them yellow so you could determine whose side was on whose. You know what I mean? But they never explained why all the uh, the selected ones... They were dressed like Abba. It looked like they this, were dressed like Abba. It looked like Abba was on set. <laughs> what? Like? Well, let's jump through this, and then I'm okay. I we'll get, get to, there. I want to we'll get, get to those weirdos. Okay. <laughs> that little cult they had going on, but so yeah. So now he lays out the plan to James. Basically, uh, he has turned this plant into a nerve gas that he is going to set upon the Earth, kill all human existence except for these. People he has picked out specifically to repopulate the earth, which we don't know why he deems them the best people to repopulate, but this is who he chose. Uh, So at this point, he takes Bond to go meet with Holly Goodhead, who they also have captured. And then at that point, they decide, well, we're going to kill you in yet another interesting way. We're going to put you underneath our moon raker shuttle and you're going to get killed by the blast i do want to say though for 1979 that table setup that they have down there that closes into the ground great that was a great fucking uh setup they got especially for i I wish i had that in my own house pretty cool yeah odd placement for no reason for it to be there odd placement But it, very cool. There should never, be, there should never be a meeting underneath the uh, <laughs> rocket ship. I, uh, I don't know what you'd use that for, but it worked great. <laughs> and it won't work as soon as they launch one ship. It certainly won't anymore. <laughs> so at that point, James uh, uses his Seiko watch to escape with Holly. They blow up. Uh, I guess it's an air vent. I'm not sure. They go into an air vent. Yep. And they manage to uh, make their way uh, through the terrain of Drax's lair and get on a uh, Moonraker shuttle themselves. Yes. One thing I got to say is uh-huh. as the shuttles, so the shuttles are taking off. Yes. And it shows Drax in his shuttle. He's just wearing his same outfit. He's wearing his same shit. Everyone's wearing the same clothes. <laughs> yeah. Like they're not about to get blasted into fucking space. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's also what I was going to say about these people Drax chose. Uh, 
why were they working out at the beginning of this movie? It, why it, was anybody working out or doing the G-Force machine or anything? This has no effect on if you'll be able to go into space. Everybody who wants to go to space had no issue with it, including Bond, Holly Goodhead, and fucking Drax, who looks like a fucking human piece of bubble gum. <laughs> I don't... <laughs> It's yeah. not like you had to be Did, fit. No, you, you don't got to wear special outfits. No. You can wear your tennis gear yeah. and go to space. Exactly. On Moonraker shuttles. On a Moonraker shuttle. It doesn't matter. So I guess those people at the beginning of the movie were working out, I guess, just to fuck? I don't know. Yeah, they I don't know. Get their, yeah. their fuck well, stamina. The thing they also really loved is that in those scenes, and they do it twice, maybe even three times, they just pan to a couple each time a different couple just doing the most tender oh God, yeah. kiss you've ever seen. <laughs> so we get to see these weirdos who have who have knowingly volunteered for this operation and they are in love. These people are fucking in love. Uh and they're ready to repopulate this uh planet. And uh, by the way, they don't mention this later on in the movie. All these people die, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's only two survivors. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. yeah. Uh, only two people really survived this whole thing. Um, but yeah, so they're all. <laughs> Holy shit, Bond really killed some people in this movie. James and, James and Goodhead are like, hey, we got to follow these guys into space. Yeah. With zero hesitation. They board the space shuttle. And get blasted exactly. into space like they know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah, like they would have a clue how to Zero, operate. I, well, I guess Holly Goodhead's a she's, she's a space, space doctor. doctor. Well, or just pilot. a CIA agent pretending to be a space doctor. We but don't she, know. She, she, she knew how to point. work the <laughs> yeah. space shuttle. Yeah, um, for whatever reason. Now I will say this: uh, this movie, believe it or not, was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Visual Effects. It didn't win, but huh. I'll give them credit. Everything hmm. they did in space was pretty decent. Was, you know, say what you... I, I thought... <laughs> okay, the, the, gra- the uh, non-gravity scenes I hear was done with uh, strings and acting. So they're acting like they're in... You, you heard it? <laughs> I saw it. <laughs> it. It's all like in slow It was motion. clear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were like purposely taking silly steps. Yeah. Oh, I didn't think for a second that they were in zero gravity when they did no. this. But <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a string operation. <laughs> But but even even after that, it's not that bad. I mean, for again for seventy nine, I was like, you know yeah. what? I bet you at the time that was. And you know that what I appreciate that they did when they got into space is that they used the centripetal force element as yeah. the creation of the gravity, mm-hmm. which is a lot more than most movies do. Most movies just like <laughs> gravity yeah. button, yeah, and then you have gravity. Yeah. I wouldn't have been surprised if they had a gravity button. To be completely honest, but they went for a. a they put a lot of thought in this part. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, okay. <laughs> they did a lot of shortcuts in other parts, but yeah, really, yeah, they, they, they really made sure. They thought, and for something no one was ever going to notice, except maybe someone who is a NASA scientist. Yeah, you could have, yeah. I mean, of all the other things that yeah. have happened in this movie, you could have gone the gravity button route, <laughs> yeah. but you didn't. You and didn't. I'm going to give you points for it. You get points for it. And might I just say, at this point in the movie, there is only maybe 12 minutes left, and we just got to space. Now, 
Yeah. Since we're here, I do want to do a little, uh, just an acknowledgement. This was not supposed to be the sequel to The Spy Who Loved Me. Mm-hmm. They were supposed to do For Your Eyes Only. And at the end of The Spy Who Loved Me, it even says James Bond will return in For Your Eyes Only. Here is one of the, one of the most insane Hollywood stories, I think, that's out there. Uh, in between, at, right after The Spy Who Loved Me, a little movie called Star Wars came out. And for, n- for no reason whatsoever, Cubby Broccoli basically said, oh, we got to do a sci-fi version of Bond. And they made... Money. Yeah. <laughs> money. Money yeah. is the reason. Money. Yeah, that's it. He was like, oh, that movie made a lot of money. Uh, we'll put Bond in space and we'll make equal amount of money. And that was the only reason they did this fucking movie. <laughs> I mean... Which... Is bananas. <laughs> Absolutely bananas. Here's the w- even weirder part. This movie made more than any other James Bond movie at the time. It blew up the box office as a huge hit. So he was, he was right. absolutely right. People Good call Brock. He he said, Hey, we're gonna put Bond in space. I would love to have seen what the room looked like when he said that. <laughs> uh he but they only had, for ten minutes. Well, they had the Moonraker book. But the Moonraker book, from what I hear, is only about them moving a nuclear weapon into space, which is yeah. boring as shit. Who cares? <laughs> like, they do that anyway. So he came, they all came up with this story about the elimination of the human race and all that. But good for him for coming up with that. I mean, shit. <laughs> uh, so that's the whole reason this movie exists. And uh, say what you will, I guess it's okay. But... <laughs> We now are in space, finally, We're for a movie space. that is, and if you look at all the posters to this movie, it's, it's, it's all space. space. Yeah. Again, the reason I thought when I put it in the first time I ever watched it, well, this movie is going to be an entire space movie. Oh, no, you're fucking wrong. Not until the last of it. So we're finally here. We get onto the, uh, the actual space station, and we begin... Our descent to the end of the movie, I guess I should say. But uh, first thing that happens is we start to see all the rockets as they arrive. And the world is taking notice that all these Moonraker shuttles have now uh, left the Earth. They're on the space station. Now, the first thing, one of the first things we see uh, in a scene that seems a little odd. But the U.S. military, we see down in one of their little bunkers or whatever the case may be they're having a meeting and a general is on the phone and he's speaking to a russian general and that russian general is the name uh it goes by the name uh general gogol now gogol is in a lot of bond movies he was in the previous movie much like jaws and uh had a pretty big part in the spy who loved me which i guess is why they brought him back but he only gets a few seconds in this movie really uh, he basically tells them that uh, they need to fix this problem or Russia's going to hold them responsible. And at that point, uh, he goes to the bed where he has this beautiful woman who's at least 30 years younger than he is. Lord have mercy. Yeah, so they're in space. Yeah. Drax unveils his plan. Yep. And James and Goodhead turn off a radar blocker. <laughs> yep. And... The Everybody's United States to... government gets a shuttle up there in three minutes. 
with, the, a, with 75 let astronauts. Let me tell you, they board. assemble a team and are there. I, I'm pretty sure weight is a big issue in space flight. I would think so. They packed, they had this shit packed like sardines. Not to mention, how'd they get the laser guns from Q so fast? The United States. I don't, yeah, I don't know. They are working in close collab. Holy shit. That. That space shuttle just cracks open right down the middle, and I was just like, "You've got to be kidding!" So me. dumb. That's how this seventy, and they there's a full on EVA astronaut space battle. It is a space with battle with laser guns, which is why I was saying that the American astronauts are wearing silver, and of course, Drax's people are wearing the yellow. And I guarantee that was only so you could differentiate who was in this movie at the time. Yeah. So, so yeah. So we get a space battle, a full space war, and one would even call it a Star War. Oh, 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 oh. Mm-hmm. and then the space station starts to break apart because been getting hit with laser blasts. <laughs> yeah, and it's just collapsing, and then mm-hmm. insides, and the gravity turns off. Yeah, and a lot of bad fighting, uh, to say the least. Yeah. Um, at that point, uh, well, we should also add that the whole way. That Bond gets out of being killed or sucked out of the space station is that he uh, appeals to Jaws that he that Drax is going to kill anyone that doesn't meet his standard for what a superior human would be. Yes. So he tells Jaws. He's yeah. Ugly. He basically tells Jaws uh, he's going to kill. Um, and what's so dumb is. Jaws seems like the kind of uh, group of people you'd want. Let Jaws dump some load than some of these hot ladies. No joke. You need a bunch of seven feet tall guys doing shit down there. But who am I? Uh, So, yeah, like you said, the the space station starts breaking apart. Uh, Bond and Drax have their final face-to-face. And we see this goofy little incel in a Kim Jong-il outfit backing up to... The, uh, I guess the hatch door, whatever you want to call it. And he picks up a gun and it, he could have at any point killed Bond in this scene, but he waits too damn long. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then Bond uses his gadget to shoot Drax in the heart and throws him out of the space station where he floats the fuck away. <laughs> and uh, what was the final line? Heartbroken, Mr. Drax. <laughs> yes. And take one small step for man. Oh, yes. I love that one, too. I love that That's one. That's right. Too. Yeah. Heartbroken when he shoots him in the heart. <laughs> yes. And then he says, yes. And again, reasons I love Roger. Roger delivers that line, knowing it's completely absurd. But he does in a charming way. And at that point, uh, what, hap- what I'm assuming happens is everybody that was on this ship that was not James Bond... Uh, Holly Goodhead, uh, Jaws, his girlfriend, and uh, yeah, everybody else is dead. So <laughs> that whole group of superior humans we'll never see again. They uh, exploded dead. in this. Dead. But lest we forget, there are those R2-D2 domes going toward Earth. Yep, Drax shot them out. Shot them out right before uh, things started going to hell. So now Bond has to use a... 1980s uh, arcade game joystick to destroy these things in the middle of the air. Well, they have to chase them with the space shuttle. 
And they take all 10 minutes to do that, don't they? And shoot them with lasers. <laughs> yeah. They really do. They really extend that out, <laughs> that whole scene. Well, that last one that James is like aiming at for <laughs> eight minutes, I'm like, yeah. just shoot it. God damn God it. God damn you, shoot this. But what I also like is after, of course they shoot it. Of course the world is saved by James fucking Bond. Uh, and then we see Jaws and his girlfriend traveling through the air, and they just want to assure you nothing bad's going to happen to them. They, may, they yeah, made it. Yeah, they make it. They made yeah. it. Yeah, James even says, it's okay. They'll be fine. Of course they will. He can't die. He can't die. She is definitely going to die because that piece of... They're just in like a piece <laughs> yeah. of... It. Yeah, I don't get because it. That, first flowing of all, through space. Yeah, they're flowing through space. If nothing else, they're going to hit Earth at a thousand miles an hour and die immediately, but not no not no no. Else. They told you don't think about that logic. But well, then after also, it says the Americans rescued them. <laughs> yeah, they said a big man and a <laughs> yeah and a, a little, little a little girl. Yeah, <laughs> we got them. Yeah, don't worry, we got them. We tracked down this spinning hurly <laughs> hunk of mass, and we're able to somehow extract S- them. But that's okay. Save these two people. Yeah. That's and well, like in all good fashion, James just goes through the world almost ending. But he said, "You know what we got to do? We got to fuck. We got a zero G fuck. Yeah, we got to do this shit. Uh, yeah, because then they just turn off all the uh, gravity machines and they start. Well, they don't have one in the shuttle. Yeah, but they pulled out of orbit, which they had already started. <laughs> they started re-entering the atmosphere, so yeah. somehow they got out of that. They said, "We'll be right back," and got <laughs> back into orbit and decided <laughs> yeah. to fuck. But yeah, that's the end of the movie, and then well, like, all they're the, they're yes. having sex, and then of course, for some reason, there's a camera in the shuttle, yep. and they uh, patch James into the White House, Buckingham Palace, and this military uh, bunker, and we see James plowing Miss Goodhead, and I think a line that will live in infamy, yeah. Comes from Q. <laughs> he said, so what Q. are... Someone... What is he doing? Posits, yes. What is he doing? And Q states, it appears he is attempting re-entry. Entry, which is... It, it's I great. mean, I have nothing bad about it. Maybe yeah. perfect. Maybe I mean, perfect. there's no better way to end a movie. And then we jump right back into our disco Moonraker theme, which, again, I argue, much better than the original. But still the core of it. Yeah, nah. yeah, still a terrible song, but better than the original version. And that is it. That's that's, that's the movie Moonraker. A fucking wild ride. I would I would just tell anybody, you gotta watch this. No, you don't. Well, Blaine says you don't. I think you gotta see this movie. And trust me, <laughs> uh, we're about to come up on how we're gonna score this, but I don't foresee this. Uh, even being in our top 20, um, I don't know. I could be wrong. Unless I'm yeah. just really misremembering all the Bond movies I've seen. This is yeah. the worst one I've seen. Oh, I, I, there is definite worse ones than this. I, I mean, I've seen some bad ones, but yeah. this was hogwash. <laughs> hogwash. All right. Well, what do you say, guys? Let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back, and we'll give these scores and see where this movie lands. Indeed. All right. We're going to take a break.
All right, welcome back. All right, now that we've kind of gone over this movie in great detail, <laughs> we're going to jump into our scoring system. But before we do that, I guess we're going to do the awards, right? The awards, yes. Let's do the awards. All right. So our first award. Blaine, I'm going to go to you. Best death. This one was easy for me, Andrew. That would be <laughs> the guy in the coffin getting killed immediately by his own knife after such a theatrical attempt to uh, bring an end to James Bond. Has to be the best death in the movie. Moving on. God damn it. That was mine. <laughs> that was also mine. I figured it would be epic. Yeah. <laughs> that was my, hey, my second one, but I did write the billboard death uh First, I don't know why it amused me so much, but just the picture of the guy in the gurney, it was just in midair. I don't know. I just yeah. loved, I loved it. It is pretty good, <laughs> and very appropriate for the, this movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Very good. All right. What about a uh, best line, Blaine? What do you got? My best line award is going to go to play it again, Sam. James delivering that after the guy falls mm. through the piano. Um, reference to Casablanca, right? Yeah, that yeah. was Casablanca reference. Bring a little class Reef. to the party. Reference? Reefa. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Good one. Corey, what about you? Uh, my favorite line was uh, in Holly Goodhead's room when he was going through all of her things. He gets to the champagne, and he says, mm -hmm. Ah, Bollinger. If it's a 69, you were expecting me. And I love that line. <laughs> uh, damn it. That's holy good. Holy shit. That I, is a good one. I did that's write one more, one. but I'll wait till you say yours because I just want to talk about it very briefly because it's so weird. Oh, well, my, my number one was Q's line in the movie. I think he's preparing for re-entry. Yeah, I wrote that one too. It's, that one felt yeah. too obvious. It's almost too obvious. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I thought it's, so too. It's brilliant though. Yeah, it's... Yeah. How, how, what a better way can you end this fucking I mean, movie with that's... than that line? <laughs> yeah. But, all right. But the part oh. where, where they're doing the G Force thing, Holly says, James, even a 70 year old could handle three G's. And he says, <laughs> Trouble is, there's never a seven year old around when you need one. And I said, What does that mean? <laughs> what does that even I, I mean? I thought the same thing. Yeah. I said, That is strange. Yeah. It's definitely a line. And I don't know why, oh, he, like, why he's trying to say it right then. I don't know. Anyway, it's for sure sloppy writing. That's it is one hundred percent sloppy. That's writing. more of a a nod to I had to we, I wanted to bring it up, but I, it could have been one of your favorites, so I didn't want to say it earlier. <laughs> it certainly wasn't, but I'm glad you had it written down. Yeah, because that is a strange line. All right, guys, what about this made the final cuts? Yeah, Blaine. I mean, as soon as that music started playing with. Jaws and that girl making that love connection outside of the <laughs> the crashed uh, cable car. Mm -hmm. I I was honestly blown away that that occurred during a James <laughs> Bond movie. <laughs> so I wrote that down as it as it happened. But yep. there's a lot of stuff you have questions about. But agreed. I I had to. How did that make the final cut? Honestly, guys. Why is that a plot point in this movie that these two have a relationship is even better? Yeah. Ugh. Okay. So Corey, that's mine. What about uh, yourself? Number one with a bullet for me is car gondola. It should have never happened. 
why did it turn into a car hovercraft thing? So stupid. No. I hated that part. And it and it didn't need to even happen. He could have just killed them and 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 rode away on the boat. Why did he need to turn oh. into a car? Because they had all those extras that they so had to show. So stupid. I mean, it absolutely did not need to occur. Um, but they felt it necessary. Uh, so mine, uh, I didn't go as uh, deep as you two. I just put the, maybe the scene where Gogol was in this movie. I don't know if that was needed necessarily. So yeah. But, but yeah, you're right. The gondolas didn't need to exist, nor did uh, most of this movie. But they made some choices, and there it is. <sighs> all right. Well, with that all being said, you guys want to jump right into those scores? That's all we have left to do. Let's do the final stretch here. All right. So we have seven distinct uh, category questions. Number one, bond factors, action sequences, gadgets, songs and opening titles, plot and characters, villains, and entertainment value. We're going to score these on uh, from zero to 100. So I'm going to go immediately to Corey. Corey, on the Bond factor, between 0 and 100, what would you give this movie? We're talking about what Bond factor is. Yeah, why don't we do that? Sure. Uh, Give it a breakdown, Blaine. So Bond factor is basic. Throughout Bond movies, James Bond carries a a certain type of um, charisma, presence, through his actions and his stupid little quips and his sex and his sex appeal. It's there's something about Bond, his persona that carries through all the movies, and mm-hmm. that is what this particular category is measuring. How Bond is Bond in this movie. <laughs> if yeah. that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. And to an effect, uh you know, um or what society thinks of as Bond, you know? Because, hey, in some movies that might not be present, these uh, feelings. So, right. We'll see. Yeah. Right. So, knowing that, Corey, what would you score this movie? I think I gave him a little credit for maybe really going for it sometimes and hitting a point of diminishing returns with being too much Bond. So, mm-hmm. I, gave him a, I, gave okay. him a, I gave him a 60. A 60. Okay. All right. 60 from Corey. What about you, Blaine? I gave him a 76. in this movie because he does deliver a lot of one-liners, but he also kills a ton of people. So I gave him some points for that, for being just like a license to kill. Oh, he certainly he exercised his license in this movie. (laughs) Um, But also the general attitude he had about killing Mm -hmm. gave him a 76. Okay, very fair. Uh, I tended to go a little higher than both of you. I gave him an 85. Uh, And the reason being is that Roger Moore can walk into a room and give off that presence. I don't know what it is about Roger, but even in little moments in this movie where he fucking went back to the laboratory and he's in that stupid gondola outfit, he throws the gondola hat with such grace and poise that it uh, it just blew me away. Not to mention uh, the sexuality he always uh, gives, whether it's warranted or not, uh, it's there. So I I think Roger did a good job in his Bond factor, even in 
a movie like this, it's not bad. So I give him an eight five. See, I thought he was lacking in the sexual sexuality department oh. and the smoothness. That's why I deducted points. I see. Okay. But, but that's yeah. just me. I mean, yeah. You could argue that he gets the job done without having to do much. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. what? It didn't do the trick for me. He it, wouldn't. Yeah. He wouldn't have got me in the sack. You know. Yeah. 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 Got it a takes more effort. to get me in the sack. Mm-hmm. It takes yeah. a little more. I need a little more for my men than turtlenecks. <laughs> turtlenecks, tuxedos at carnival. Yes. Uh, all black outfits. I get it. All right. Well, there we go. What about our next category? Is uh, category category is action sequences. So, how are the action sequences to you guys? As we know from a Bond movie, we expect a lot of stunts, uh, things we might never have seen before, all that good stuff. What do you think? Blaine, what did you give this When movie? I think of action sequence, I think of real big, well-choreographed set pieces mm-hmm. uh, that James Bond movies are known for. Right. Uh, this was a shit movie for action sequences. All, like I said before, all the mm-hmm. fight scenes looked like they spent maybe four minutes on choreography. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The biggest action sequence is the space battle, and that's shot from like a million miles away. <laughs> yeah. uh, so uh, I gave it a 58. A 58, okay. A 58. 58 for Blaine. Corey, what about you? I tend to agree with everything he said that I think in hindsight, I wrote down all the action sequences to just kind of get my eyes around it, and even looking at it, they're clunky. Uh, so yeah, mm-hmm. I, I also gave it uh, a uh, in the fifties. I gave it a fifty-five. A fifty-five. All right. Well, Corey, this is going to be a little shocking. Uh, I also gave it a fifty-five. Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> be blown away. <laughs> the action sequences were not good in this movie at all, mm-hmm. especially knowing other Bond movies, and I know what we have to come. This wasn't great for action. Mm-hmm. I got to be honest. No, uh, no, no, no. I, I mean, 55 is because I guess the space scene was yes okay, but that's about all I give credit for. And the 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 Amazon boat chase, I gave it yeah some points for that, but the rest, the hand to hand combat, gamma, the stick fighting, the stick I mean, fighting. that's it's not worth it. It's not great. All right. Uh, okay. So next up, we're gonna talk about gadgets. So these are all the gadgets that Bond utilizes in this movie. Uh, can be from Q Branch or gadgets he stole from other spies, whatever the case may be. But for that, Corey, what did you give this movie for its gadget use? I and kinda, quality yeah. of gadgets. Yeah. Um, I actually did think about quantity of gadgets uh, when I was scoring this, that I think this mm-hmm. has got to be some of the most gadgets ever on a Bond film, knowing oh. that we haven't, I haven't seen it. But there were so many. I mean... And I'm including the CIA mm-hmm. gadgets as well. So I kind of yep. gave it a, qual- a, a, a quantity score and a quality score. Those bolus bombs really did it for me. So I, I gave it an 80. I'm gonna be, I, oh, I, wow. Okay. That was the part I liked the most was some of the gadget stuff. An 80 for Corey. All right. This movie got a solid B as gadgets go. Okay. Blaine, what about yourself? I agree. It's a quantity thing here. Mm-hmm. Now, when I'm looking at a Bond gadget, I look at ingenuity yeah. usefulness and how it's actually used in the movie. This one had a bunch of shit that was never used. Really the dart gun was the true. Yeah. Was the true moneymaker here. Yeah. 
But and, he also had a personalized gondola that could hover. But that around. was pointless. It, it was, was stupid. Yeah. But so, it as far as the utility of the things, mm-hmm. uh, the dart gun was, was key. But yeah. I did appreciate how much they worked the superfluous gadgets in <laughs> just yep. to show that, hey, we got these. <laughs> this is what we can do. So I gave it a 72. I liked the mines coming off the boat yep. in the Amazon. So that 72. Cool. That's a, I think it's, that's solid. That's really not bad. Jeez, uh, I kind of feel bad. Um, I gave this movie a 58 for gadgets. Don't feel bad. No, no. no I, it's also... And he, yeah, I mean, sense. he really only used one gadget. It depends, it depends on how yeah. you... Gad- and I mean, I gave it a 58 because he uses that gadget twice. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. We're kind of like, what's a gadget? What's a vehicle? Are, do, they, yeah. do they intertwine? Yeah. Are they the I same? definitely think they intertwine. Yeah. Okay. So if it's something that Q Branch created, I say we can consider it a gadget. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, then the gondola and the boats and all that. Yeah. So. I mean, all of that I brought into mine, but uh, I just felt like it wasn't a great gadget movie. And. I also decided to take points off because we don't have a James Bond car in this movie. Mm. We don't. No. We don't. Yeah. So mm. I said, you know what? I think we got to take off a little points for that. All right. So 58 for me. So next up, <laughs> we have, and I think we've spoken a lot about this, is going to be our song and title sequence. So for Moonraker's song and title sequence, Blaine, what did you say? I have really shit on this earlier. Yeah, I don't think I, I shit on it hard enough with my score. <laughs> oh, I don't think I did either. But I gave ahead. it a 31. All right. Okay. Because it was not good. <laughs> it was not good. Boring AF. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't blame you there. Uh, Corey, what about you? I'm going to go ahead and uh, give you a little bit of honesty here. I read on the thing you sent song and opening sequence. And so I literally sorry thought we were talking about the opening scene with oh, my... Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, so, sorry. So I am going to not, because I actually gave it a lot more cre- like gave it a lot more credibility because of the opening scene. <laughs> I'm going to knock, yeah. mine, knock mine down now to a 40. Uh, a 40, Just based okay. on the opening song and the, and the title sequence, yeah, it's not. I had given it a 55 because I, I kind of liked the diving scene. I thought it was fun. But okay, yeah, I liked the uh, opening sequence, but I would can I'd probably consider that more part of the action stuff. Yeah, yeah, the, the action, action sequence. sequence. Yeah. Uh, okay, and for me, uh, well, uh, maybe I uh, underplayed how much I don't like any of this. I gave the song and title sequence a twenty. Yeah, I went twenty with it. I thought this was probably one of the worst song title sequence uh of all the bonds i've seen it's really boring as shit uh so yeah if anything else i might have given points just because it was uh surely uh surely basic so that's about it all right 20 for me let's jump to plot and characters so for this we're asking uh based on this movie's plot and the characters it gives us and this can be any other character besides our usual suspects, like Bond, M, etc. Or if you do include those, that can be how useful were they in this movie. So for plots, characters, uh, Corey, what do you say? Um, I basically just wrote down all of the Bond girls, so that's kind of how I decided the characters. <laughs> um, okay. And since, right. the pl- and since the plot was just all over the place, um, 
Yeah. I liked the Bond girls. There wasn't really one I didn't dislike. And, and Goodhead alone with a name like that, I don't care how she is. That's just mm-hmm. that's a good seller. Uh, so I gave this right <laughs> right in the middle. I gave it a 50. A 50. Okay. Not bad. All right. Blaine, what about yourself? I kind of went a similar route with this one. Mm-hmm. Um, the plot was absolute dog shit. It was centered around <laughs> uh, an orchid. Juice from an orchid killing people. Yeah. Um. So I I gave it a forty three. A forty three. <laughs> Characters weren't strong. Cha, Chan. <laughs> what? Uh, um. Yeah. Forty three is I think a good score for this. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. I gave my mine was a thirty five. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Fuck you, Moonraker. <laughs> An absolute thirty five. The plot was, and I gotta be honest, I think the plot gave this movie maybe 34 of its points because the characters in this are not great. We have Chang, who ridiculous. Jaws, this is Jaws' second appearance and by far his worst appearance. And everybody else was so fucking bland, I just didn't care. I don't think anyone else talked. No, no. And Holly Goodhead is I mean, fine, but that actress was just not selling this at all. So, no. I felt 35 was appropriate for this movie we're watching. All right. Uh, next up, villains. Now, when we say villains, we're including everybody that's been against Bond in this. So, we can include Drax. We can include Chang. We can include uh, Jaws. As far as their villainous behavior, mm-hmm. what would you give this? Well, I'm... I just focus on the main villain. That's okay. So we'll do that too. Throughout these Bond reviews, I'll be doing the main bad guy. Okay. I um, think we can stick to that. Just to be consistent because they're the ones the movie's centered around. So yeah. I gave Drax a 17. Wow. Because okay. when I'm looking at these villains, I'm looking for charisma, mm. handsomeness, slyness. Uniqueness, nerve, and talent. <laughs> I want them to bring something to the table. Yeah. This cat was monotone, didn't rouse any like you know. Yeah, uh he gave a really lame speech. It's hard to believe anyone is trying to help this yeah. weirdo. Is he just paying people? No one's following this guy. <laughs> no, I don't paid. think anybody believes deeply in what he's trying to no, do. No, he yeah. sucks. Mm-hmm. He's got terrible outfits, he's ugly. <laughs> He's French. He's ugly. I hated him. 17, his idea was stupid. <laughs> Boo. Boo, Drax. 17. Okay. Corey, what about you? Um, I thought very similarly. Drax just sucks. His ideas were bad. His executions of like trying to execute Bond were terrible. And by extension, mm-hmm. Chang and Jaws, because they are his henchmen. So I said a 30. A 30? Okay. I didn't really dip past 30 on this. I just felt like I still liked a lot of it. So, you know, I didn't go too, too low for some of these. Okay. Well, I just changed mine because uh, if I'm just judging on Drax, my score goes lower. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, I gave it a 45 for Drax. And the only reason Drax gets a 45 is because the plan, uh, it is a world domination plan. You know, when you're talking about Bond villains, I like the villains that aren't just doing some 
slightly uh, bad shit. You know, I like a Bond villain who's trying to do a world domination kind of thing. And That's true. Yeah. He had high aspirations, yeah. but he thwarted <laughs> himself by stealing his own fucking space shuttle. Made yeah. the worst mistake You ever. lose points. Yeah, absolutely. He put Especially... the entire spotlight on him. It's so dumb. Yeah. You know what? It's a 40. <laughs> 40. You make a great point. If it's just Drax, he gets a 40. All right. Next up, we have our final category, and that's entertainment value. So overall, this Bond movie, Moonraker, what do you score it for entertainment value? Now, judge entertainment value however you wish, but what would you say it is? And let's start with Corey. So, yeah, I mean, quality of, of the work aside, I was entertained, and I was not very bored, mm-hmm. except for, like, a couple parts. But for the most part, I was entertained, so a 75 is what I decided to go with here. 75? That's not bad, Corey. That's a good C. This movie got a C from Corey. All right, Blaine, what about you? I gave it a 50. Okay. Um, I didn't like the movie. I've made that very clear. I don't but know I if was, you have or not. but I, I was entertained by the ridiculousness of it. But that's not what I'm looking for in a James Bond movie, you know? Okay. Uh, when the thing turned into a hovercraft, I had some <laughs> entertainment out of that. When the guy popped out of the coffin, entertainment. Yeah. But not for the reasons it should have been. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. But I, I, I would give it an ironic entertainment value of 50. Okay. Not bad. Well, I'm not uh, too far away from either of you. I gave this movie a 70. Uh and same thing. I was not bored in this movie, but God, there's better James Bond movies. <laughs> there's certainly better so. ones. <laughs> yeah. Because this, uh, ooh, yeah, there's a lot wrong with this movie, but like Corey said, I was pleasantly surprised at the, how entertained I was. Is it a great Bond movie? No, probably not even a good Bond movie. It's just okay. So, uh, just a very low C for me. So with that being said, my average for this round for Moonraker, I averaged 51.86 for this movie. So I'm keeping it at an F for this movie. That's an F, right? Yes. Yeah, a low F. F. A low F. Uh, Blaine, even lower than me. Also with an F, this movie is 50.43 for Blaine. And you, Corey, you got the best score out of all of us for this movie. You gave it... But we're in the same zone. Yeah, we're about We're in the same zone. Yeah, we're in the same zone. I think Zorin's a villain in one of these. Uh, Yeah, so we're in the same range here. We all gave it an F for sure. Uh, But the overall average from all three of us is 52.33. Now, uh, I think it's time that we need to go and see where Moonraker currently ranks in our uh, countdown. Ah, number one. Number one. (laughs) With a bullet. With a bullet. It is, out of 27, it is number one. (laughs) It will be plummeting very shortly. Uh, I have no doubt. (laughs) Probably within the next two weeks, I would say. Was it next week, Casino Royale 2007? (laughs) Yeah, next week. uh, Boy, this this would have been a great head-to-head, wouldn't it? (laughs) Holy shit. Could there be two more opposite worlds of James Bond? Bond No, there there couldn't be. This is absolutely perfect. Probably the most absurd to the most serious is where we're going. (laughs) Well, all right. So that's it. 
I am excited about next week. I haven't seen Moonraker years at this point. A Moonraker Casino Royale. I was like, you watched it yesterday. Let's start back over. So yes, next week we're gonna watch uh, Casino Royale from 2006. Uh, otherwise, guys, this is pretty fun. Yeah, I'm kind of excited about uh, the rest of James Bond. I'm sorry you had such a miserable experience with this, Blaine. Uh, That's okay. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I had a good time. Oh, all right. As long as you had a good time. All right. Well, that kind of sums it up. I guess we will. Um, we will. You should tune in next week for Casino Royale. Mm-hmm. And one, two, three. Judgment. Judgment.